band, talk radio. Yes, talk radio. It's so boring, man. Okay. He didn't even start the series. Wasn't enough to be in the lineup. <laughs> Can't Leaf. take him out now. Leafs win the draw. Francis with a shot. The rebound is loose. Castle scores! <laughs> Saturday, January 22nd, 2022. A lot of twos in the date today. Uh, and you got two great hosts with you. Uh, well, I think we're great. I don't know. I'm pumping our tires a little bit. Fuck it. James Cole. Yeah, just relax there, man. It's, yeah. it's okay. This is like the 140th time you've done the intro and you're getting all nervous for some reason. No, fired up. Are you? Having a good time. Yeah, it sounded like you thought we were going live on, like, the Howard Stern show for the first time. You are just realizing that, like, oh, yeah. Oh, no. This guy has, like, 40 million listeners. Uh, I'm Brutes Battaglia of the High Button. Uh, they do not have 40 million listeners yet. Where are we at? Not quite there, Not right? 40 million. No, eh? No. Uh, I don't know if we're at 40,000 all time yet, but that's fine. Sure. Okay. That's fine. I'll add that up. I don't know day. if we're at 10,000 all time, to be honest with you. Know. Right. Over or under 3,000? We're over for sure. I know that. All time, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. How you doing? Um, good. Good. It's, good. Same with you. Nothing. This is crazy. We talked a week ago. Yeah. And we did. I feel like we talked yesterday because that's how infrequent we were doing the podcast for a while now. Now I feel like now we're on top of it again. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Um, For now. They rescheduled that hockey game I couldn't go to. It was a hockey game. Oh, you were going to Montreal. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right. Okay. Family day. <laughs> okay. And it's like, what, a month away now? Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. I got that whole week off of school. Sure. But it's just a little... It's, it's like another week and I'd probably feel comfortable going it's just like uh i don't know what's your reasoning well i mean a like covid like um, you like sorry are you more worried about the covid aspect of it or you're more worried about them pulling the rug back out from under you or a little from both columns a little bit of both for that one okay. and then obviously the other one too like uh no idea how many people are allowed in the building at this point mm, Quebec yeah. hasn't made an announcement on that yeah so yep yeah that's fun yeah so i might be going to montreal okay yeah. Someone yeah. asked me today if I wanted to go see Slipknot in Winnipeg. Oof. And it's in April. And I'm like, I'm like, probably, but I don't know. Hmm. You know? That's, yeah, that's... It's close. And, like, I feel like if I'm going to try to go anywhere in the next, like, three to four months, I'd rather be a hockey game. I feel like a concert, I don't know. I Like, I realize it's in the same building that I'd be seeing the hockey game, but it just feels like there's more breathing going on <laughs> at the concert for some reason. That's a tough one, yeah. Because on one hand, I think like, well, oh, yeah, everyone's singing along, but I was like, well, it's a hockey game. Most people are yeah. cheering, so. Yeah, and I gotta tell you, I don't know how many people are gonna be singing along to Slipknot songs. I don't know, really. I feel like that'll be more just general raging. Right. You know? Yeah. yeah. You get caught in the mosh pit. 
Ooh, I will I will not be floor level, that's for sure. Those right. days are behind me. Well, yeah. I, I think I think a, a good Slipknot concert, you can have a mosh pit anywhere. Anywhere in that building. Like in the concourse, lower level, backstage, yeah. Seems like a washrooms. Nice, nice building to have that band at. Yeah, there you go. You're going to ruin that. Same with you, how was your week? You watch anything? You do anything? Like, I guess, you know what it, actually, you watch anything's the better one to ask first, because what could you possibly have done? You know what I watched? Hmm. Euphoria. Do you like it? I don't want to like it. No, no? Part of me feels, like, kind of weird liking it. It's a weird dynamic, eh? It feels very, like, high school drama. Yeah, like, and that's the thing, too, is, like, once every episode I remind myself, I'm like, yeah, I guess they're in high school, eh? Because, like, they're all in their 20s, the actors, so I think of this as, like, college problems, mm. you know? Because, like, they could have easily done this, too, as, like, a, a bunch of college students, I feel like. Because a lot of the problems are further than problems most high schoolers would have, you know? I, think, I, think like, I feel big... like a lot of these are, are uh, you know... I think you're right. Um... Advanced from high school problems. I, I think I think you lose that element of like the familial, familial, you know, impact. You know, usually you go away to college. Yeah. You're not living at home. Yeah, the Nate Jacobs storyline maybe doesn't uh, work as well in college. I'll give it that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, but I like I I think I don't know. Part of it is just me being able to sit there and be like, yeah, like you know, Zendaya is like 24. You know, I can kind of. I can kind of separate all of this a little bit. But She's fantastic. Yeah, <clears throat> the big thing for me, I don't know if you've, like, I don't want to hijack. The, I've seen them all. Yeah, no, but I don't want to hijack, like, what you were going to say, but um, the acting is, the acting and, I should say, the directing, like, it is incredibly well done. Mm. I, I, like, the only issues I have, I have a couple, I have a couple things that, like, knock it down a couple points. A, just the high school part of it, like, degrades the problems like five percent for me and then there's there i'll just say it there's too much nudity there's too much you know it's just a little much it's a little distracting at times i would say <laughs> especially because they're supposed to be in high school like it's hard for me to kind of grasp that i don't know yeah um <laughs> yeah no you're, you know what i never thought about that I guess. yeah because like it's, it, and it's again like i'm aware sydney sweeney's 24 years old but she's naked every week and it's like don't get me wrong she's the uh, best looking person on the planet probably but also she's playing a, like a 17 year old or something yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know i don't remember my high school parties going that way no uh <laughs> well no not to that level anyway no you know there's more drugs, I will say that, for sure. Um, you know. In Euphoria? Uh, than my high school experience, oh. I would say. Uh, like, I'm more the Lexi Howard out of anyone there, I would say. Okay. Yeah, but... You like it, though? Yeah. I really like it. I'm, like, yeah. I'm super into it. I, I, for some reason, I thought that this was, like, uh, season three they're working on. Mm. So I, I finished the most recent episode. Oh, God. And I'm just sitting there, And like, that's the end. What <laughs> Well, what's, yeah. what am I going to do now for the next yeah. three hours before bed? Yeah, it's uh, it's been a while since I've had a show where I'm just so on edge, like, ready to go every week right now. Like, you know, and, and uh, but I just watched it, like, two weeks ago. I'm the same mm. as you. Like, I'm, I'm, a new, I'm a new watcher. I think the biggest thing for me is I always knew about this show. I had no idea who was in it. And then once I looked up the cast, I'm like, okay. And I started watching it, and I'm like, yeah, I like all of these people. These mm -hmm. are all fucking fantastic young actors. So it's cool. 
in that sense. I think it's really neat that, like, the biggest star on the planet is starring in, like, an HBO show, which is neat in Zendaya, right? Like, I, that's that's cool. I, I had a, <clears throat> a, a brief moment of, like, kind of, uh, not panic, but, like, you know that feeling when you're, like, you're dreaming and you're falling and you wake up? And it's like, oh, that was kind of fun, but it's terrifying at the same time. Um, Adrenaline? Yeah, sure. Euphoria, they might say. <laughs> well. Not really. Uh, that first episode... Mm-hmm. They got the the drug dealer there, dude. I, I can't remember his name. Fez. Fezco. Fezco. Beauty. I'm not gonna lie to you, man. Love this guy. I I thought, without go, going into it, without looking anything up or anything like that, I figured this guy this guy was gonna like appear once in the episode and he was gone. Yeah. I thought it was Mac Miller for a second. Oh wow. It it, yeah. it freaked me out like the first yeah, time he I saw it. Yeah, like him a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I had to I had to take a moment and go oh it's not and you know get back to it. But. Fez is a neat character. They keep him. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I guess you're caught up. They keep him around, and I was kind of unsure what his involvement was going to be, and he sort of creeps more and more of importance as the show goes on. I guess now and uh, now he's quite important to uh, what's happening. That was crazy. That was cool. Yeah. Didn't really see that coming. Not this is lie. now a Euphoria podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, for the next, like, well, how many episodes are they going to do in the season eight, I guess? For the next six weeks, the first ten minutes probably going to be some sort of Euphoria. There you go. There you go. Anyway. New episode Sunday, I guess. Well, tomorrow. We're getting everyone fired up. Perfect. For tomorrow's Euphoria episode. Amazing. Do you think it's become one of those shows now where, like, do you think it's gotten to the level of hype where now new watchers are going to have trouble getting into it do you think like do you think it's it's raising to that level of of popularity or do you think do you think it's as good as the hype backs up i guess is my question like do you or do you think it's going to be one of those shows where people aren't going to watch it out of spite oh you know what i mean i i see what you're saying um because i mean like everyone got into the office at the same time right and i know you're not one of them because you've actually tried to watch it but i know like 10 percent of people haven't seen the office and like seven of that 10% are like, well, I'm fucking, it's not that good. Well, it's because everyone told you it was, it's the funniest show on planet Earth. It's not. It's it's good. But everyone watched it at once, and I think it, you know, uh, it got this cult sort of status. Mm. Do you think Euphoria gets to that level, or do you think it's it's that good that most I, people can just get into it? I, I think it'll be a niche audience. Yeah. I think, like you mentioned with the, with the nudity factor, I think the drugs and... I think there's enough going against it. Yeah. Where I think the average TV consumer will just maybe watch an episode, eh, not for me, and just pass on it. Fair enough. Even though it's well done, well acted, and I think there's a lot of good things going for it. I just think that there's enough controversial shit in the content that might just, eh, I'd rather go watch superheroes or, or something, you know? Yeah. The acting blows me away. Crazy. They're, like, they're, they're great. Fucking Jules. Hunter Schaefer, she's fantastic. Absolutely. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Check out Euphoria on HBO Max. Yeah, that's this, right. week's, this week's sponsor. And, uh, yeah. Mention that Brutes and James sent you there. You get right. 10% off your next episode. What? Um, what else is going on? You watching anything else? You do anything else? What'd you do? Just a lot of school stuff, man. Nice, it's, man. It's, it's been a watching stu- Euphoria, stupid doing heavy week. Stuff. So. Okay. You? Uh, I'm getting primed to start my, my, uh, Oscar movie, uh, mm-hmm. binge in the next week or two here. I'm probably going to start it this weekend now, knowing that, um, my life will resume, uh, hitting me like a brick wall in about ten days, so I only have so much time to get this done. That really snuck up on us, didn't it? 
Yeah, but it's also weird, too, where it's like, ah, we're opening back up, and everyone's like, wow, I didn't see that coming. And then, uh, now I'm just sitting here being like, yeah, but I still have to kill the next ten days. Um, so there's that, I guess. Was, uh, for me, it was like, oh, yeah, we're... February 1st, you can, you can all come back to work. I'm like, ugh, it's like a month away. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. Yeah. 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 Okay. No, I didn't really do anything. I, uh... Uh, my week consisted of coming home, playing Chell for two hours after work, and then uh, online shopping, but buying nothing for the remainder of my evening. Oh. Uh, basically every night. I, uh, I can tell you everything about every house on the market in Thunder Bay right now, but uh, did I make an offer on any of them? No. Okay. Better luck next week. We'll yeah. check in. We'll see. The house hunting Bruce's segment. Ha- house yeah. hunter. Um... Dano Tool is back. Oh yeah, forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, that's cool. So is does he have an episode out yet? I don't know anything he's got about two, it. Two really. actually. You yeah. gotta. You're gonna have to carry the. He's this he's part he's of got a couple. Uh, I I checked out. He's he's he did the, the the teaser thing that every podcast has to do to 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 make sure that you're not just uh, his burner episode. Yeah, just yelling anti-Semitic stuff or something. Whoa. Uh, and then he's put out two full ones since. Okay. That I know of. So what's the... Do you listen to it? What's the I deal? This is the first one. What's the uh, deal? You know what? He's kind of feeling it as he goes, is, is, is what I'm getting from it. But... Uh, um, is he going to have guests? Yes. Um, I don't know if he's restricted on who he can have as guests. You know what I thought was cool was I was watching Tim and, well, Friends earlier, and then a pod, a fucking commercial for his podcast came on. Yeah. I'm like, wow, I'm watching Sportsnet right now. They're talking about Dan O'Toole. It's crazy. Yeah. It was cool. Yeah, it's called Boomsies. 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 And um, the first episode, it was heavy. It was like yeah. it wasn't. It wasn't a sports thing. No, it was just life. Yeah. Well, Dan's not had the best two to three years here. Yeah. You know. So he, he was he was he was crying on on on, oh, the, yeah. on the episode, just yeah. talking about uh, a few different things that he's been going through, and then uh, producer Tim producing the podcast. No way. Yeah. So. Wow. Those guys still together after uh, 20 years, he says. My guy, so, producer Tim. Um, but something I wanted to, to do with you in, in the spirit of, you know, hey, Dan's back. Go check out Dan. Go check out Boomsies. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he did a little fun thing that I, I thought we would, we would have a, a good time doing. And I, wanna, I didn't want to steal it outright, so I thought I'd give him the credit. But he did, uh, he did uh, his ideal food court lineup. Okay. Ideal food. Yeah, cooked. I had been kind of thinking about us doing something like that. Let's 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 do it. Let's let's. All right. It. So what, what do you think? I think he did six different restaurants in his food court because okay. you know you got Eaton Center food court, eh? You have Inner City Mall food court, mm. vastly different size food courts. Mm-hmm. So yeah, keep it at six. Six is good. Six is good. Yeah. All right. I'll let you, you go first. This will be the official laced up one. We're doing it like a draft. A combined. Yeah. 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 We're combining ours though, or are we like we're each doing three, like we're yeah. the same food court, yeah, or back, okay, back and forth, one, okay. one big laced up food court. Okay, well, hmm, okay. Now this, see, this might be, um, not the wisest first overall pick, but what I have to ensure is we have a place that has breakfast and coffee options that isn't terrible. Okay. Okay. So, being that, I don't really know what the deal is about getting Dunkin' Donuts here in Canada, and I also don't know how good it is, because mm-hmm. I've never been there, uh, I'm just going to pick 
Starbucks. Wow. As my, like, I think just having a Starbucks in the food court. So you can grab a coffee, you can grab your, you know, vanilla frappuccino loaded with dragon fruit fucking what the fuck. Right. And move on your way and go to, you know, Ikea and spill it all over the couches. Mm. Uh, I gotta it's say, a big mall if it's got an Ikea. If, if you're starting off with Starbucks, mm. if it's that kind of food court, I mm. think I have to go with a keg. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No. Um, the, the keg express. <laughs> oh, wait. Here's your baked potato from the microwave. and yeah, uh, Caprese salad. That's yeah, it. Yeah. Um, taco time. Or Taco Bell. Uh, taco Bell. Let's go, go Taco go Bell. Bell, I Let's would go say. Yeah. yeah, I mean... No one in their right mind who has Taco Time and has had Taco Bell would tell would tell you that they would rather have Taco Time. Like, all you really need to do is go to Taco Time and be like, hey, can we have your uh, hot sauce recipe? And they're like, no. And then uh, send a second guy through the drive-thru and be like, hey, can I get a tub of hot sauce? And then just take their hot sauce and sell it. Because mm-hmm. they're not going to know. Because, no. um, yeah, I mean, it's like Taco Time's fine. But their hot sauce is why I go there. So, yeah. Good. I just need a place to have a taco in the mall. Mall? Okay. Yeah, taco. Need that option. Well, I'm going to, with my with my second pick, third overall here, I'm also going to, uh, like, a, a prime thing. I'm not looking for something cheap here. I'm looking for the best of the best because my mall is unbelievable. Our mall. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go... With the first place where I ever had it was actually in a mall. And that is my favorite burger joint on planet Earth. I'm putting a fat burger in there. Fat burger. I'm putting a fat burger in my fat mall. Fat burger. Because I'm telling you, you like mushrooms, you get the matzah. You don't like mushrooms, you get something else. But I like I like the idea that we're getting what would be, what, the, the fourth fat burger in Canada? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. It's crazy that I think there's maybe four at the most right now. Like, there's definitely three. Mm-hmm. And I've been to two of them. It's kind of weird, actually, now I think about that. But doesn't all right. Make, doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? That is bizarre. Yeah. But anyway. <sighs> Number four, eh? All right. You know what? Um, need a pizza joint. Yeah. need a pizza joint at the moment. We sure do. Um, Mrs. Mrs. Vanelli, back uh, from the... <laughs> You'd like, like to, but um, I don't, but like, but what do you do with a pizza joint in a in a mall? Like, have you ever seen like a Pizza Hut in a mall? Is that a thing? Because it's got to be a chain. You're never gonna get like a local. I gotta tell you, James. Every Pizza Hut I've ever seen, there's something weird about it. So, um, we have one Pizza Hut now in town that is strictly a delivery uh, takeout location. They don't, don't have indoor anymore, but they have one of the nicer bar sides in all of the city. Which one's this? Arthur Street, no longer open inside. It is strictly a takeout location as of, I believe, the 1st of January. And it's not a COVID thing. They have closed the dining room permanently. You know, I know the general manager. I'm going to have to have some words you with her. You may have to have some yeah. words with her. Uh, and then we got another one that's takeout location. You had the one in Dryden, where it was the buffet. True. You know? That being, that being said, I'm going to put a Domino's in our, in our okay. mall. They can just keep a couple on rotate. Hmm. They got the wings. They got the... And is that your, of chain pizza, that's your go-to, you think? Yeah. Okay. Not, not, yeah. I prefer local stuff. I'm still good with Domino's, though. I'm good with that. Okay. Hmm. This is it, buddy. Hmm. It's your last one. Well, I gotta tell you, I'm I'm one of the worst people to, uh, 
to be drafting at this point because uh, I don't often eat at the food court in the mall. I guess it's time to say that. Um, hmm. But, you know, I will say that at one point in time, our mall was blessed with one. And we no longer have one. And having worked in the mall for, I think it was six years I was there, actually longer, uh, I wished we had one. Uh, and I'm going to put an Arby's in my food court. It's a good call. And rightfully so. I think you can get away with that, too. It's it's not like doubling down on the burger joint, per se. You're getting the roast beef factor. It's roast beef. It's different. It's different. It's different. It's they have that. chicken that's stuff. That's, that's a great call. A bunch of stuff. Yeah. It's a great call. I yeah. miss our Arby's in our mall. Yeah. Uh, See, now, I've left you with a difficult pick here. Because you got to do something... A little different, it feels like. you got to yeah. do like an Asian or a, well, I was a chicken joint or something. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking an Oriental Express type of deal. Yeah. Uh, I'm not too familiar with like the uh, the the Oriental uh, fast food chains. No, me neither. You know? No. Um, P.F. Chang seems a little uh, a little big, maybe, for a food court, you know? Yeah. P.F. Chang's Express mm-hmm. or something, you know? Oh, it's just... Benihana. <laughs> Benny fucking Hana. Let's just toss an Oriental Express in there. Okay. And we'll just we'll just mark that like as our can to can be changed later if we get a better offer. Okay. You know? Not a bad food court. Yeah. I will say uh lost in the uh shuffle of us wanting to have places that serve food. Um it would have been nice to put a like a booster juice or a Freshly squeezed in there, perhaps. But I had whatever. thought about Orange Julius, actually. Yeah, that yeah point, that's but... that's a tough call on our part. Oh, well. Yeah. Can't take it back now. I gotta say this much, though. Uh, looking at this lineup, we're gonna, we're gonna need a couple of washrooms yeah. installed just, in the area. Also, no real places to get a salad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But that's whatever, you yeah. know. And, and have a, a strong plumbing foundation. Yeah, you yeah. wanna you wanna eat healthy? You go to the freshie across the street. How about right, that? right. Speaking yeah. of having a lot of washrooms around, the uh, Edmonton Oilers are looking pretty pissy, mm. pretty pissy mm-hmm. in Edmonton. Oh yeah. So says the local media. I was in that arena once, and I got pretty pissed for sure. So, booze, pissed up. Oh yeah, booze. Right. Yeah, drunkest I've ever been at a concert. Yeah. Probably lady Gaga. Oh, I'm I'm thinking different concert, but that's a different arena. Oh no, yeah, we were different in a different arena. rink for that one. Yeah, yeah. No, Rexall Place. I remember that whole night. We didn't drink that night because uh, well, we like maybe had a beer during the show. Well, I maybe had a beer. I didn't. I didn't drink. Yeah, I guess we didn't like stop and leave. Yeah, we got there at eight thirty because the tickets were double booked there at the Tragically Hip. I was on the phone with StubHub for an hour, <laughs> uh, and it took us however long to get there on the train. So whatever we did drink before had worn off for me by that point. So I, I was sober during that hip show. Uh, but that that's fine. I remember the whole thing, so that's good. Yeah. In hindsight, that's what you want. Yeah, in hindsight, it's, I didn't care. Yeah. So it's, who cares? Uh, Jim Matheson, not too happy with Edmonton Oilers' great Leon Dreisaitl. <laughs> I think you mixed the great uh, in front of the wrong name there, James. That's the great Jim Matheson. Hall of Famer. Yeah. Yeah. Um... I thought this was cool because I didn't realize he was a real person till this happened. I thought that was just a Twitter, uh, a Twitter. Really? Uh, yeah, I didn't realize he was real. Um, no, yeah, I guess they got into it. Whatever, you know. Jim Matheson, smart, cool guy, lots of good takes, I'm sure. Um, yeah. He, he's a he's a guy where like I don't really have. It's funny that you say you didn't realize he was like a real dude. I mean, because, I did, but... Because I, I, I can see how one would be confused, but... Um, well... 
I don't know that I, I didn't. I don't know if it's actually him on Twitter. I'll say that. Fair. I still find that hard to believe. But. I'll, I'll say this much. He, he's a guy where, like, I, I see some of the stuff that he comes out with, and I, I do go back and forth. Like, I, I think... the I think he's got some good ideas. I think he's got some bad ideas. I think he's had some some good stories and some, some rough stories. This definitely falls into the latter, for sure. He's not Steve Simmons in the sense where every single article he writes is, like, garbaccio. You know? Like, he does have the odd one where it's like, oh, interesting. He's not the worst yeah. Edmonton Oilers media member, that's for sure. Uh, no. Oh, no. No. He's hardly on that Mount Rushmore. That's the fucked up part about that. <laughs> you know? Um, for those of you that don't know, Jim Matheson, he, he goes back to the uh, the dynasty days in the 80s with Gretzky and Messier. And uh, that's where he cut his teeth. Um, so he's he's been to the top of the mountain as an Oilers fan, I'm assuming. Maybe not. Um, but at least a member of the community. You know what I mean? He's, he's seen the highest of the highs when it comes to the Edmonton Oilers. And, uh, I don't think it's the lowest of the lows, but it's pretty low. It's not, it's not been great in Euler, uh, Euler land, as I'm sure you've noticed based on the last couple episodes we've done. Um, and... You wouldn't say this is the lowest point of the franchise, eh? No. They do have a nice new building. I'll give them that. Remember when they didn't make the playoffs for 10 years? Yeah, but in that time, uh, they didn't really have uh, many like great players. And they have uh, two of the best players to ever play, probably, right now. So Oh, for sure. Yeah, you know. it's, but, it's uh, but, bad in that sense. But... Yeah, yeah, but it's, it's like when it's when like the the Leafs lose in the playoffs and people are like, oh, it must suck to be a Leaf fan. Like, no, this this is the best See, it's ever been. But here's the thing: is at least to this point, when the Leafs lose in the French in the playoffs, they know that they're coming back next year with uh, Austin Matthews and William Nylander and those guys, and we're gonna take another crack at it. And I don't think the Oilers are going to have Connor McDavid to start next season. Like, I think it's at that point. There's I no made way. that argument last week, and I genuinely think it's at that point. There's no way. I don't know. Because he's... he's I he's, think so. He's got... He's so much a part of that decision-making process now. I think it's more... I think it's more likely that he doesn't get dealt because they can't find a suitor than it is him not asking Because for they can't find a suitor. Like, they're gonna complain that they couldn't make the contracts work or some shit. Uh-huh. Like, that sort of thing. Okay. You know. But I think him asking out, at least the conversation is going to start that way. Maybe they'll talk him out of it. But I think he, I think there's going to be some sort of a request here. I think it's... There should be. I, I think it's Dreisaitl. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. I don't see any way in hell that guy sticks around next season. Maybe they're both gone. Who's, who's to say? Yeah. I mean, we, we saw the, we saw the uh, the impossible, you might say, with with Jack Eichel and Buffalo, right? Like it got mm-hmm. to that point there with with uh, with him and the franchise. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's getting rough out there. Uh, Jim Matheson, to go back to that for a second, um, post game scrum, trying to get some quotes out of Leon Drysaddle, and uh, right from the get go, you could tell uh, you you guys. You guys were in the Eagles together or something. Uh, <laughs> yeah, very very much uh, uh, rumors Fleetwood Mac sort of right. going on yeah. there. Yeah, they don't like each other. Yeah. And uh, so Leon's not giving him much. And um, 
So uh, Jim Matheson calls him pissy, which mm-hmm. uh, which was like, have you ever heard such a a remark from a from a reporter to a player? To a player, like I, I usually see um, the player giving it back to the media guy, and the media guy sitting there, take, kind of taking it. Maybe he says something, but he's not. Vestchuk said something to Kessel in that whole, in that whole thing, but he wasn't mic'd up. Yeah. So outwardly, probably not. No, yeah. I can't think of. At least in hockey, I can't think of an example. Because you'd normally want to preserve those relationships for further opportunities and. Not calling these players names is a good way to perhaps do yeah. that. But see, that like that was, to me, a perfect example of what Jim Matheson feels that he's earned within the Oilers organization. Is the fact that he can go and say shit like that because he's been kind of pulling strings there for 30 years. Like, you know what I mean? That's the way I see it. Is, is this, whole, this whole organization has been so run by their own media for so long that... I think Jim Matheson feels a level of comfort that he can go and say that to Leon Dreisaitl and they're still going to let him in the fucking... Uh, still let him in the post-game scrum next game, and they did. And, you know what I mean? This is never going to happen. But when would you ever hear him, you know, talk to Ken Holland that way? Like, you'll never see that. Because as soon as he talks to Kenny that way, he's not getting in there anymore. And he's not going to get, you know, his say, and he's not going to have this sort of buddy-buddy relationship with Ken Holland. And he values that more because he knows that Ken Holland's buddies are going to be running the team in five to ten years, probably. Whereas Leon Dreisaitl, once he's gone, who gives a fuck, you know? Does Ken Holland have any buddies left in Edmonton? It doesn't feel like Yeah, that. who? well, uh, no, he, clearly, because he still has a job there. So he, he, he's got some sort of buddies for some reason. Yeah, he uh, rumors that he is the highest paid GM in the league. I don't know if I've made this clear enough in the four years of this podcast. I have less respect for the Edmonton Oilers organization than any team in the league, I feel like. Really? Like, I have no respect for them at all. None. Hmm. Yeah. Crazy. Eh? Never really Gretzky thought about it. and fucking, yeah. Like, I, like at oh, least... Oh, like, you don't even mean, like, the current... Like, I don't, it's not the Panthers' fault that no one comes to watch their fucking games, necessarily. I'm just well, annoyed that... Is. Well, it is and it isn't. Yeah, like... But where should we build our arena? I don't uh, know. Yeah, the but, swamp. Yeah, but like it, it's not like they're outwardly pushing fans away necessarily, right? Like they're doing a good job. Where like in Edmonton, they seem like their only their only interest is not to win Stanley Cups. It's to be like interesting. It seems like you know. Well, they got us talking about them. That's for sure. Yeah, so every week they're doing something right. Every week. Um, I, I, I think this all boils down to this not looking good for, for anybody involved. This this wasn't no. handled well on all sides. And I, I mean, like, as much as I'm trapped... Like, obviously, you know, Dreisaitl could have given him more of an answer. Like, I understand that. Like, Dreisaitl could have not taken this down that road either. But... Okay, well, for, okay. First off, my biggest issue is that uh, I never went to journalism school. And I can think of more interesting fucking questions to ask Leon Dreisaitl than the same thing that Jim Matheson asked them once a week, right? He has already asked them that exact fucking question before. Dreisaitl's answered it before. And now he goes and asks it again. Like, what's Dreisaitl going to say? It's the same shit. Is today really the day we're going to have this fucking same conversation we have all the time? So that that was my big issue was just I didn't really think it was good from Matheson on a journalistic perspective. I think that Dreisaitl 
could have diffused that, but I think Dreisaitl's just frustrated from having to have the same fucking conversation about the same shit uh, all the time, when I don't really think he's the one to blame, and uh, I don't think he's right to get that level of frustrated, but I certainly understood where it was coming from. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, I, I don't... I don't disagree. He's getting you know this, those same kind of questions week after week, and um, but I, I think that there's a a you've you've got a finite number of angles you can take. I, I feel, and again, I haven't been in journalism school either, but um, you know, you you show up at these things, and well, they lost again. So where do you go from the last loss? How do you you're not going to ask him how his his breakfast was that day, or you know, there's only so many angles I feel like you can you can approach this from. I mean, I'll say this. That relationship between the two of them has been so strained for a while that I don't really know that any new fancy question Jim Matheson had to ask Leon Dreisaitl was really going to get much of a great, like a Brandon Perlini level response out of him. Absolutely. Right? That's fantastic. Um, but, you know, like, it, it is genuinely a question that like, who cares? Who really, really cares what anyone had to say to that fucking question, you know? And uh, I don't think Matheson was right to talk back to him. I don't know if Dreisaitl really uh, had the right to not answer the question. I guess he did. Um, but Matheson probably could have just left it alone is where, where I kind of come down. Yeah. Well, he's he's going to be chasing Dreisaitl at the very least out of town if he keeps it up. And uh, speaking of chasing amateur always out of town, hmm. Chris Pronger uh, had his jersey retired in oh. St. Louis. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not going to make a joke about that. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff, Chris Pronger. Did you watch uh, any of the... No. No? <laughs> I, didn't, no. I didn't like tune in for the game. I just saw some stuff on, on Twitter. Yeah. Um, Heard something about him crushing beers or something. I don't that's know. why I wanted to bring it up. Didn't see this. Chris Pronger likes to... Likes to crush beers. It was actually hilarious because because uh, they they go out there and and uh, it's it's his, his wife obviously a couple of his kids um, his parents parents came down from Dryden and Sean wait they still live in Dryden yeah that's crazy and Sean was there okay. I don't know why Sean was there I think it's hilarious that you dragged your little brother down to see your big shining moment after the kid played like 170 games in the league. <laughs> I think 170. Well, it's more probably than that. a little more, yeah. but anyway, you know what I mean. Like, hey, Sean, come, come see the pinnacle of my career be be wiped across your face. 260. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I mean, I would go. Well, you know, you're not gonna not go. It's your brother's jersey ceremony, you know. Sure. Um. But yeah, Chris Pronger gets up there and, and uh, he's got his little speech. He's going and he, t- he takes out you know those little uh, the Bud Lights. With like they're they're made of metal with the cap, yeah, yeah, yeah. He takes one of those out. He says something about yeah, the, to the fans. He takes takes a swig, and then he stops. Everyone starts cheering. Not yet, he says, and and he gives he gives a big big thank you to the fans, and then uh, and then he crushes the beer, just crushes it. Right, That's everyone's, awesome. everyone's cheering, and he he gives him a wave, and he puts the cap back on. And he, Finishes his beer and, and he, he threw it across the ice <laughs> under the net, <laughs> and he stomped on Thomas Holmstrom's leg. Oh, um, whoa! Easy. Um, and then he he leans in the microphone and he thanks them again. He says, "All right, let's watch this thing go up." 
and then he like hits the hits the microphone with his arm and he knocks it all out of place. Now he's like all red and he like grabs it and pulls it back and thank you again and just like guy was toasted. It was oh yeah, fucking hilarious. Good for him. Yeah, fantastic. You know, if there if you were to ask me which NHL uh, star would I think would more likely Rogers a beer over Bakhtiari one, like, you know what I mean? Like, drink half of it and then have to stop halfway. I would have thought it was Chris Pronger, to be honest with you. That guy seems like a geek. So that's cool. Uh, <laughs> that's cool that he was able to do that, to be honest with you. You, you think... Have you ever seen a six foot five, two hundred and thirty yeah, pound just, geek? There's something about Chris Pronger getting, like, allegedly bossed around by his wife his whole career that just always seemed like, ah, this guy's just a, you know, a pushover. Mm. You know? And therefore unable to drink beers, I guess, to go hand in hand for some reason. I don't know. Yeah, I was I was honestly genuinely a little surprised to find out that Chris Pronger's kind of cool. I was uh, I was like that angle that uh, Chris Pronger's wife was the reason that uh, he he did what he did. And didn't want to play in Edmonton. You, you telling me he had to put up with Jim Matheson in Edmonton? He didn't want the fuck out. Come on, what are we talking about here? What are we uh, talking about? Oh, there oh uh, yeah. I think Specter uh, well, was there the, even already. The, the wife uh, didn't look cold, so yeah, we had to. It's the, it's the, like blaming the fart and the dog. Oh man, and, and I'm just seeing pictures of it now. He they were wearing the the old jersey there. He was wearing the old one when he went when he was at the ceremony, like with the red stripes. He was wearing a suit and tie when I saw him. But I, I, well, I got a picture of that's him. what they wore that night, I believe. Oh no, no, this is an old picture. Okay, cool. Oh, that's neat. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Good, good for Chris Pronger. Uh, Chris Pronger rocks. I'm happy that his jersey's retired. He's um, one of my favorite players ever to watch play hockey for sure. I was I was surprised like um, he played ten years in St. Louis. It yeah, just, I would have guessed like eight probably. Yeah, yeah. It just it like it's one of those things. Obviously, he ends up in Anaheim and wins the cup there, and he had to stop over in Edmonton. Uh, so I'm kind of doing the math. I'm thinking like, wow, like that's ten years. That's that's crazy. Because mm-hmm. I always thought he got to the St. Louis in the late nineties. But, but you think uh, of him as a blue, don't you? Absolutely. Yeah, I was oh, going to yeah. say, like, I think of him as a blue. Yeah. yeah. As good as he was everywhere else. Uh, you know, like, he, he was at the height of his star power, probably. As a hey, you win a heart trophy as a defenseman uh, with a yeah. team, you're going to be remembered because yeah. it's happened three times. 62 so. points. Good season. <laughs> yep. Fucking hilarious in hindsight. Him winning the heart trophy that year. It's neat. It's very cool. Very cool. It's very cool. Very cool. Yeah, hockey was cool back then. Um, also having his uh, jersey retired this uh, past couple days, Willie O'Ree in Boston. Yeah. Uh, number 22 goes to the Rafters. Good call. Long, long, long overdue. Yep. And uh, to celebrate, you know, lots of lots of fanfare. Obviously a very important part of the story of, of, of history and uh, breaking that color barrier. Very important and uh, definitely well-deserved. Well uh, to celebrate, we got all, all all the different outlets coming out and celebrating, and congratulating, and the uh, Thunder, uh, the Thunder, Bay, the mm. uh, the NHL PR tweets out a photo of Willie O'Ree with the big twenty two in the background as he's wearing a number twenty five jersey. You guys couldn't take two seconds and just maybe go find a different photo or airbrush that five out of there and put the two in place. Pretty lazy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, a little embarrassing. Yeah, if I've learned anything over the last few years, James, it's that interns seem to do all the work uh, for these things. So, 
And that's our problem. Sometimes. That's our problem with capitalism. It starts with the interns. Unpaid internships (laughs) are the problem. They are the crutch that holds our society afloat. You know, (laughs) and quite honestly, it's not that far from the truth. That's the sad part. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I, 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 yeah, whatever. It's a very NHL mistake to make Mm -hmm. at this point. Um, but, yeah, above all else, Willie O'Ree, well overdue. Yeah. Glad we yeah. didn't have a Pat Burns situation kinda, on our hands here. Kind of weird that it's taken this long. Um, very strange, but whatever. You know, mm-hmm. at least they're doing it. I yeah. Guess, so. The, uh, the Puck Soup guys talked about having it retired league-wide. Hmm. I don't know if that's quite necessary. I don't really know if I know the like if I can see the argument on that one. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. It was another fifteen years before we had our second black player in the NHL, so wasn't exactly the Jackie Robinson we all like yeah, to the, make it out to be. The straw that broke the camel's back, necessarily. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's uh, it's it's obviously one of those things. It's I'm glad that they did it. Uh, I don't I don't know if I would agree league wide. I think the one thing. Uh, that I was pumped with all the ceremonies and everything I saw was that uh, Sportsnet had done a little piece on just talking to some uh, some black players around the league and uh, former Lakehead University Thunderwolf uh, Shandor Alfonso was in the piece who's now uh, a linesman in the National Hockey League and that, that was kind of cool to yeah. see like they were talking to Shandor and just about how like really O'Ree had an impact on him and it's just cool to see like a guy that came from our neck of the woods in a sense uh being so influenced by someone like that you know it, it's amazing that the impact that willie o'ree was that that he has on the game right it's he you know, too, he's, yeah. Yeah. he's uh um in, in some ways the reason why a lot of these guys are you know trying to pursue a career in in this in this league is because of things that he did and the trickle down effect and players that they were able to see are all a result of what willie o'ree did so mm-hmm. Um, it continues to do like the guy's yeah, like 85 well, years old and he's still he's cool he's still uh, very much in, involved in trying to uh, bring to the forefront the importance of uh, you know yeah. inclusivity and um, wasn't able to be in Boston unfortunately because of the COVID uh, situation and uh, there's better places to be there's probably better places to be yeah so where's he from Bouillory where do you think Bouillory? he's where was he chilling out in Florida or something uh I don't remember. I want. I you know. I actually, yeah. I don't remember at all. I knew this at one point though. He's a Fredericton, New Brunswick mm. fellow. Struck me as a Saskatchewan boy. So the Saskatchewan boy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Worst places to be. Yeah, that's that's fair. Um, I got a little little activity I want to run through with you because there's there's been a, a bit of chatter, at least to some extent, about all all, all of the people we're going to talk about here. Okay. And. While the trade deadline is still oh a little ways out, ooh, this is about the time of the year where you start to see some GMs jump on a uh, a move. You know, you want to get ahead of the curve. You know, uh, mm-hmm. you know, go out there and make your Jake Muzzin trade well before the deadline, yeah. so to speak. Right? Just just oh, an I example that I'm thinking of. My um my fantasy hockey routine is I have two deadlines. I got to have a couple major acquisitions in by January to make sure I'm, you know, 
in a good playoff spot by the actual trade deadline, then of course I still make trades at the actual deadline. Perfect. So I got six names for you. Okay. And I want you, Brutes, to tell me where you think these six guys will end up and what your ideal location will be. So our, our, our realistic approach and the dream approach. Okay. Okay? Sounds good. This guy's been in the news a lot over the last uh, week or so. John Klingberg of the Dallas Stars. Hmm. Hmm. What do you like for John Klingberg? So where do I think he'll go and where do I think he should go? Yeah. For Johnny fucking Klingberg. Well, um, I think he will go to the Boston Bruins. Uh, I would like to see him go to the Nashville Predators. Mm. Uh, the Predators, for whatever reason, are rocking this year. And uh, you got Yossi on one pairing. I would love to see a guy like Klingberg on the second pairing and just really kick up this this high-paced team into, into another gear. It does run a risk that, you know, the fact that this team kind of plays at a fast pace when Yossi's on the ice and they sort of slow it down when he's off, maybe... Uh, you know, Klingberg kind of takes things the opposite way, but I think that'd be a good fit for him. Um, but at the end of the day, this seems like a Boston guy. They they could use a, a mobile defenseman like that and someone with experience. Um, so th- those would be those. Are, I guess two of the teams that come to mind. So Nashville, um, I could see that yeah. makes a lot of sense. I think the only drawback there is uh, does Dallas want to be dealing in in division? Maybe not. Hard to say. Um, I mean, I would think that almost no matter where they trade Klingberg, he won't be staying there. Yeah. He just screams open market to me. Right. So, um, I, prop. I had also considered the Capitals for that reason, too. Yeah. Uh, the, the problem with the Bruins, uh, no money. Can't afford them. Mm-hmm. So, you'd have to move somebody out uh, to bring him in. Uh, <clears throat> Nick Foligno. Uh, but... Uh, yeah. I could see Boston loading there's, up. There's a reasonable possibility that they trade uh, Allmark here, right? So, uh... Do you think so, eh? Oh, no. Uh, oh, do I think they might? Oh, for sure. That's, it's... That might be the biggest rumor in the entire NHL this season, is the fact that the the Bruins are trading Swayman or Allmark. It just depends which one. I just assume Swaymar. Uh, or Swayman, yeah. Well, but the, he's the goalie of the future, don't you know? Um, I, I wouldn't... I would never... If I'm a, a good team, I would never trade a goaltender toward the deadline. Like, under... A good goaltender, anyway. Like, under no circumstance should they fucking trade Linus Allmark. There's no fucking way. Unless they're getting a first, which is unheard of for a goalie, uh, then then don't do it. Did we talk about Tuka Rass coming back? Kinda. Just still confuses the hell out of me. Mm. That's all. That's all I'm gonna say on that. What's that? Well, it's just like... Why would he come back? No, 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 no. Like, I, I realize That's that, the part that confuses me. I realize that there was some uncertainty whether he was coming back or not. And you as the Boston Bruins have to address that need. So you, you do the sensible thing. You go out and you sign the veteran guy on the open market to a big big money contract. You bring mm-hmm. him in. And then you've got the kid. You know, okay, the kid can learn from the veteran. And we're going to get the tandem system going. And if it doesn't work, you make a change. Well, things were going fine, and mm-hmm. then they're like, hey, Tuca's available. 
Okay, that's great, but we already have two goaltenders, so we don't we don't really need him. He he snooze, he lose. You know, it's the, the girlfriend can't come back after you start dating the new chick and be like, hey, you know, things were so much better when you had me. And it's like, yeah, but you're the past, and the past is the past. Right. And the Boston Bruins decided, well, we like the past, and we're going to bring on the 34-year-old. Do they ever? And and now you've Cam got Neely. three goaltenders, and now the kid who's supposed to be, as you say, the goalie of the future, is not even playing in the NHL, despite being very adequate at the NHL level. Um... And so now they've brought back the old, they've sent down the youth, and the most expensive of the three is uh, signed long-term and is probably the hardest of them all to move. Mm-hmm. Asinine. Stay the course. You're doing fine. Yeah. Tuka Ras wants to come back. What a, we should have done that in August. What a world we live in, too, where the hardest goalie to move on the team is the best one. That's neat. Like... That rocks. Just stay home, go to the Olympics for Finland, win a gold medal, and retire. Like, what are you doing, Tuca? I don't know. It's not his fault, I guess. Boston signed him. Okay. Uh, Boston National for John Klingberg. Um, I like him. I'm interested to see what happens there. Uh, next up, I'm going to give you Claude Giroux from the little town of Hearst. Um... Okay, his his ideal destination. Uh, <laughs> where do I think he makes sense? Ooh, do I really want to stick the knife in and twist it here on this one? Yeah, I think uh, he arguably makes uh, the most sense for Pittsburgh. Where do I think he goes? Uh, Philadelphia. <laughs> I don't think he's getting traded. You don't think they move him, eh? Not at all. Really? I don't think there's a chance in hell. Really? At all. Hmm. Yeah. It's just a Philly thing to do. You know? Like? Much like it was for Bobby Clark to, like, throw Chuck Fletcher under the... Or, uh, sorry, Ron Hextall under the bus there a few weeks ago, and everyone's like, wow, that's crazy. Chuck Fletcher... Uh, I did it again. Ron Hextall sucks. He could have drafted Kale McCarr. And it's like, yeah, well, it's convenient that Bobby Clark, you know, didn't just draft uh, the guy that he wanted, considering he's Ron Hextall's boss. You remember that whole story a few weeks ago yeah. where he yeah. turned, t- turned teal and ran there? Uh, it's the same thing here where, like, they, they like their guys. They like their stuff. And they're going to keep him. He's not coming back. That's uh, that's fine. That's all been public, all but publicly been said. Yeah, like you may as well, you're not making the fucking playoffs. The East is decided. If, if he wants to go, they'll trade him. But yeah. I don't think he cares about getting traded right now. I think he'd rather just leave kind of on mm. his own terms. And if they think there's even a remote possibility he's going to stay, they're not fucking trading him. Okay. Yeah. Your thoughts? Well, I mean, like. I, I think that if you're looking to maybe break through in a big way and maybe conquer a, a, a foe such as winning a single playoff round, that the Florida Panthers might be interested in bringing aboard Claude Giroux to uh, help, you know, not stabilize, but definitely increase their odds of getting out of what looks like the group of death once again in the Atlantic. Mm-hmm. I think there's a... I think there's something to be to be said for you've you've got 
maybe Spencer Knight going back the other way to Philadelphia, who could definitely use the goaltending help. <laughs> yeah, you bring oh. in Claude Giroux and uh, see what you can do. Make a little noise. Jesus. Make a little love. Try to get some fans up to the swamp. I think... <laughs> I I mean, I think if they're willing to trade Spencer Knight, that they may want to call Edmonton about Dreisaitl before you're, you're talking Claude Giroux, though. You know? I, I think Spencer Knight is one of the few prospects in the league. Like, just don't. Don't do it. Don't trade him. Just keep him. Well, they can't trade you know? the other guy, so... No, that's true, but they're like, just keep them both, you know, like, sure. like for sure. now. Uh, I, I those mean, things I, like, but put it this way, they can get Claude Giroux for not Spencer Knight, for sure. Maybe. Easily. Maybe. Well, Claude Giroux's not fucking anything special anymore. He's a punk game player. Eh, it's fine. On a really bad team. Yeah. There's well, <laughs> a lot of worse players that are point per game guys, uh, yeah. you know, sometimes. Fill the thrill. Ooh. Perfect fit, Toronto. Um, <laughs> just because of my heart. I'm not even going to try to analyze this one for real. I'm just going to say that. But uh, where do I think he goes? I mean, he's certainly getting traded. Uh, there's there's no doubt about that. Like, that's one of those ones where that's just a no-brainer if you're uh, yeah. if you're Arizona. Um, you know what? First team that came to mind... What does he make? 6.8 against the cap? Yeah. I think, yeah. Hmm. See, I don't know what cap they would move out to make that deal work. But you could launder the cap hit, I guess. And some team could get him at, like, 1.7. Pro, uh, retained. Pro rated, yeah. I... I don't know why. I just have a feeling, like, Tampa Bay might make that work. Mm. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, they play with sixteen guys boy, of the night. You know that, right? Boy, don't we? Wouldn't we just love to see Tampa Bay with another talented goal scoring winger? Wow, what a fucking terrible life that would be. Let me uh, let me put some on paper for you. Sure, you go ahead. I'm gonna open some wine while you talk. Yeah, you got uh, you got fill the thrill. Okay, right? Guys got a shot. Right, guys. Guys got some speed. He's got a couple cup rings. Okay. What if you could? What if you had? A guy that was really, really good at passing the puck. It was just as fast. Tyler Bozak. <laughs> was on the wing of a guy that he's already turned into a 40-goal scorer. Nazem Kadri. Yeah. How would you like to see... Uh, Artemi Panarin feeding Phil Kessel streaking down the wing. Ooh, I could get into that. Lots of cap room in New York. Lots of cap room. I think there's something there. I, I like the idea. I like the idea. Let's let's take Phil the Thrill down to Madison, down to Broadway. You get some of those New York hot dogs. I like Ooh, it. I like it. That's true. Yeah, isn't it? I guess I can wait till I'm at the microphone again to say. Isn't it uh, a shame that he was drafted and had the opportunity to just have Fenway Franks forever, and then he just gets traded out of Boston? Like that guy, that guy hit the fucking hot dog jackpot, and then he got traded to. I gotta be honest with you, cities that have not been known to have great hot dogs. So yeah, New York maybe gets him back on track. 
Pittsburgh hot dog. Pittsburgh has weird cuisine. Isn't it, aren't they the aren't they the city that puts pickles on everything or something like that? What's the deal with Pittsburgh? Pittsburgh has I a thing. I don't know what the deal is with Pittsburgh. Oh man, they have a thing. No, they have a weird thing they do with salad. Oh, is it pickles and salad? What is it here? Weird Pittsburgh food thing. It's French fries. They put French fries on their salad. The Pittsburgh salad. I don't even have, like, a response to that. Why do you need to do... Like, if I'm ordering a salad, uh, I don't think this is any secret to anyone. I'm ordering it because I want a healthier option than what I uh, would order otherwise. You know? I rarely order salad because I, like, you know, am craving a salad. It's because it's, you know, it's just... This sounds nice and relatively healthy. I'm going to eat it. Now, if I want fries... I feel like I would just order a fucking burger or have a dish with fries as a side or something. Yeah, like, I'm not gonna lie to you. On I've, the salad, in the salad. I've ordered fries and salad. Sure. In the same meal. Yeah, oh yeah. But not, like, 100%. in the same dish. 100%. It's weird. I do crave a good taco salad once in a while. Which is not... A healthy salad for you, but... Sure. Yeah. No, I get that. Okay. What are we talking about? <laughs> oh, yeah, Pittsburgh. Uh, oh, right, Phil Castle to New York. You heard it here first. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan Quick. Oh, it's Tough that? one. Tough one. Okay. He's got another year left on the deal after this year. Uh, where do I think he goes? L.A.? Uh, what's the perfect fit for him? Uh, one of the retirement communities in Florida. No. Not the, the hockey teams, I mean. Like, mm -hmm. the actual retirement communities. Okay. Yeah. Del Boca Vista, I hear, is nice. Yeah, Frank and Estelle Costanza tried to move into there. Uh, the Seinfelds weren't having it, but... I think there's a couple teams that could use a goaltender. Mm. I mean, he is having a pretty solid year. Yeah. All things considered. It's not like he's been bad. But, I don't know. If I'm trading for a goaltender, I would rather trade for a younger, unproven guy than a guy who uh, is older and seems to be having an out-of-nowhere decent season. On a team that is magically much better than they used to be uh, the last three years when he was terrible. You know? Would you not take him in, like, Nashville, St. Louis... Well, there's no question both of those teams need another goaltender. Yeah. St. Louis needs a goaltender. Never mind another one. Because, wow. um, yeah, I don't know if their offense is going to score four and a half goals a game in the playoffs. So, I'm not saying, like, I wouldn't trade for him. It's just, I, I, me personally, I think there's a, a lot of other just guys that maybe haven't done much that I would be like, hey, trade him to me. Yeah. Like who? Who you got? Um, well, Swayman. <laughs> Allmark are <laughs> two. Uh, Carol Vamelka is a guy. I would probably take my shot on him over Jonathan Quick. Um, you know, if you if Calgary has... Uh, fuck, what's the guy in the AHL there? Like, they have that Dustin Wolf, and so maybe they'll keep Vladar, maybe they won't. So maybe you trade for Dan Vladar. Um, there are guys. I don't know. Hmm. 
Okay. Like, even an older guy like Varlamov, I think I would just even over quick. Varlamov, but, I was close to putting on the But list. I'm certainly not yeah. saying that, like, if a team goes out and trades for Jonathan Quick tomorrow, I'm not saying that it's like a... I'm not, I'm not actually saying that no team shouldn't do that under any circumstance. Right. Uh, like, I would rather have him over either of the guys in Edmonton. If they're not going to play Stuart Skinner, then fucking play Jonathan Quick if it's got to be a guy that used to play in the league. Yeah, absolutely. Know? So, I'm not saying he's completely useless, but I, I, I would rather roll the dice on a young guy mm. for me. Okay. Okay. You? Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I, I, I think um, I think Nashville is where I'm kind of leaning. Eustace Charles has been fantastic. Um, sure has. He's just starting to enter that period of the season where it's this is the most he's ever played he's Mm -hmm. you know with more than half the season to go exactly right and they don't have a great number two option i don't think i could tell you who it is is it pekka (laughs) renee is it pekka like i'm not lying like five percent of me thinks it is pekka renee i have no idea uh no, Pacarina's jersey number gets retired, I think, in a couple of months. Okay, I'll look it up. Him. Oh, I was going to have you try to guess, but... Um, uh, well, oh, no, I a, don't think I could. I, Connor former, Ingram would be my guess. He's a former Leaf. Oh, it's Dave Riddick. <laughs> Alrighty. Yeah, you need another goalie. I think Jonathan Quick to Nashville would make a lot of sense. Okay. Yeah. Where do you think he goes? Nashville? Nashville. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, next up. Patrick Laine. Mm. Now we got an RFA situation going on here. Now you're talking. Now we're cooking with now, fire. Now you're, now you're sprinkling now we're the fire with gasoline. Now we're balding at the forehead. Now you're balding at the forehead. Uh, hmm. Okay. Well, I'll see your Phil Kessel, and I will raise you Patrick Laine in New York. Interesting. Because... Also, if there's one type of head coach that I would like to see Patrick Laine play for, because he never has, is a fun one. And Gerard Gallant is kind of fun, mm. according to his players. So, yeah. uh, I would like to see that. He wants the spotlight. Give him the fucking spotlight. There's there's are fewer, bigger spotlights than there. Um, but Panarin's going to take a lot of the, a lot of the you know. Uh, and they have the pieces to make it work and the cap room. So, I, I would like to see him in New York. That that would be my ideal fit. Where do I think he goes? See, he is a rare one where as much as I think the deadline is usually pretty lame, I could see him getting traded. Um, well, fuck it, I'll double down. I'll see the Rangers. Not going to lie to you. Who's our GM? Chris Drury? Yeah, I don't like yeah. that. Just realize that. Oh, well. Not going to lie, I like the idea of uh, Patrick Liney and Capo Caco teaming up and finish. Yep, for the rest of the year, until Capo goes back to Finland forever. Is that a rumor? I don't know, he's just not very good. <laughs> Where, what do you think? Patrick Liney is 23 years old. That's right. That's insane. Yeah. That's fucked. Um, I like that pick a lot. Okay, uh, that thank you. Pick. That's, that's fantastic. Thank you very much. I like the um, Rangers too, they're fun. I honestly, I, I can, like, okay, sorry, I meant to ask before okay. I jumped in. Okay. What, what do you see going back from New York to get to get Patrick? Like, what is Patrick Lining mm. worth at this point in his career? Uh, well, 
it's funny you say that. Capocacco was one of my one of my thoughts, but um, I I I don't know. Like that's that's that is harder for me to say, because um, what I think, what I would pay for him is probably more than what he's worth. Put it mm-hmm. that way, um, because I don't really think the Blue Jackets have much of a leg to stand on, uh, because I find it hard to believe that he wants to be there. So, you know, like like when you have no leverage, it's it's the Jack Eichel situation, right? Where did Jack Eichel get traded for what the player's worth? No, he got traded for what the asset was worth to the organization and then some for some reason. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I... You have a hard time even telling me if I'm the Rangers that I even have to give up Capocacco. And I don't think Capocacco's much more than trade bait at this point. Right now, anyway. So. Right, yeah. Um, my heart would like to see him go to Detroit. Hmm. I think that'd be cool. That would be neat. There's really nothing on paper that's going to interest either of those teams in terms of making a deal happen, I, I feel. Like, Columbus is going to want a high pick back. No, I, I, I think... Well, would you do it if you're either team? Would you trade Zadina for... Line A? Zadina. Hang on. Let me, uh, I just had it in front of me here. I trade Zadina. A big goal-scoring winger that's struggling to find his place in that team. Which player am I talking about? Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't think Zadina's a, a young guy, but I mean, he's not much younger than Line A. Like, my hot take was going to be, I think you should maybe trade Dylan Larkin. Um, but... Ooh, Spicy. He's 25. Probably does it, too. He's only He's got another year after this. Who else do they have at center, though, for prospects other than Rasmussen? Uh, yeah, they don't have much else, right? Like, they got Valeno, but that's not going to... I don't think that's, that's going to be anything. Center here. Rasmussen, yeah. Uh, checking down the minors at this point now. Yeah. Uh, I don't really think they have any big centerman prospects. So that's your one sort of issue is Larkin, I think at least can be a centerman in your top six when the team's good in what I think won't be that long. Honestly, the biggest obstacle for Detroit is finding a way to be better than the four teams that are ahead of them right now in the in the Metro. Atlantic. Atlantic, sorry. Yeah. Like, finding a way yeah, to be better yeah. than no, those absolutely. four teams. Because that's t- the biggest obstacle. Like, they have all the pieces in place. I was going to say Tyler Pertuzzi, and for a second I was thinking, uh-huh. well, that that's, no one's going to want him with his vaccine. But Columbus apparently well, appears very right-wing, so maybe they would be willing to take him on. They, they won't let Ronaldo play anywhere, so, I mean, mm-hmm. it's also the other way. That's true. Because you got to think, too, like, all that shit with the Blue Jackets, but now John Davidson's running him again. Yeah. And a lot of that shit's not going to fly with him, so. That's fair. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like I said, like I don't think there's anything here that moves the needle in terms of getting him into Detroit. Okay. I could you? see I could see him being more of maybe like a offer sheet in the summer, perhaps. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, that might be, to do Detroit's that. got a few picks. He'd be uh, interesting on McDavid's you know, wing. A few extra picks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> where do I think he goes at the deadline? Um, Calgary. Okay. Calgary, and then they don't like like they can't get it done. They, they <laughs> it's just, a rental. They just release them. You think Patrick Laine is going to be on his fourth team by the time he's twenty four? That'd be cool. Yeah, I yes I do. Okay, just like Max Domi. Isn't he like thirty? Yeah, I'm just kidding. He's yeah. young, but okay, interesting. Uh, last one. 
Okay. And this is this is a bit of a big one in the sense that um, he scores a lot of goals. Leon Dreisaitl. He's pretty good. He's pretty young. Leon Dreisaitl. And his organization has recently come out and said, yeah, take him. I don't know. He's available. Leon Dreisaitl. Alex DeBrincat. Yeah, really weird player not to want to hang on to. Wasn't it, though? Um, like, I would still say Patrick Kane is better, but Debrinkat is a top not for long. 20 winger in the league, probably. Yeah. Like, probably, I would think. Yeah. So... The guy is scoring very goals strange. left and right. Very strange. He's got a and, f- like, the whole thing with Debrinkat, too, like, the whole knock on him was that he was uh, reportedly, like, you know, kind of... A little, maybe a little bit crazy, crazy, and I, I don't really see any evidence of that as an NHL player. No. He seems pretty, seems pretty mint actually. How many goals do you think he has this year? This year, I don't know, twenty five or some shit. Yeah, Probably 20, a lot. Twenty three. <laughs> yeah. Twenty three and thirty nine games. No, I do now think of him as a guy that just scores a lot. Yeah. He, he yeah, uh, he is what I was promised Cole Caulfield would be. Um, was that his name? <laughs> I don't think I fucked up his name. Um, oh, you mean that guy that's behind Ryan Reeves for goals this season now? Yeah. 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 Montreal's going to be laughing all the way to the bank on that uh, one, am I right? Uh, okay. Where do I think Debrinkat goes? Now, are we talking deadline or just in general? I would say deadline. Okay. I don't think anywhere before the deadline. Okay. Um, just seems like too big of a name to get moved to yeah. me. Like, I'm not basing that off of logistics. Of course, anyone could trade for anyone at any given time. But, uh, and I've never, under, I've never understood the whole bullshit about, like, oh, we're going to trade him at the draft because, uh, you know, returns are maximized at the draft because everyone thinks that they're a contender. Mm-mm. That's not the excuse, though. I feel like you'd be more likely to talk a team into making an insane trade at the deadline when they think they're about to win a Stanley Cup. Like, wouldn't teams be a little more rose-colored glasses at the deadline than, you know, like I like I would be as a GM, I think. I, I think the, the um, deadline aspect is more, there's so much backdoor dialogue that the general public just doesn't Ooh. <laughs> Taxi cab confessions. It's like fucking Pierre Dorian drunk in the back of a cab with fucking Jeff Gordon. Yeah, you still want that cadre kid? I'm taking that cadre kid. Um, I said to Weidman, "Don't take an Uber that night." I yeah, told him, yeah. "Stay out of the Uber." They all went in the Uber, and I had to fire Marty because of it. Yeah, you think that's bad? I don't know. I think there's there's just enough background dialogue going on where teams are going to say to themselves, "This kid that we want is going to get taken here," and we know he is because this team has said that they're going to take him. Let's make a deal now so that we can move up, get into a better position. Whether that be the first round or the the fourth round. Like, I think that it's all very out there in terms of what the plan is. And teams do that strategically to, like, position themselves to say, you know, make trades move along faster at the deadline. And I think that's why you see so many trades at the deadline. Or not the deadline, the, the draft. But how does that impact your big name player? I don't really get your point. So like I'm like my argument is that so Chicago wants my argument the is fifth that, overall pick, but they can't get the fifth overall pick. So they say to the guy that has the fourth overall pick, "Hey, here's Alex DeBrincat," because we really fucking want the kid that's going to. Yeah, get fifth. but that ne- that never happens though. No, 
No, like like a guy getting traded for a high pick at the draft? Absolutely never. I, I can't remember the last time okay, I, like, so that high happened. Is that, maybe like not that, right... I wouldn't say that that's happened at least, what, since Bo Horvat, probably? Like since Corey Schneider, Schneider for, for the ninth yeah, overall? Yeah. Like that would be the last one. That's a while. Like that's the last one I can remember. Like my, my point is that I feel like if I'm, if I'm, who's really good this year? If I'm Florida, you're telling me that I have it. I could have Alex DeBrincat for like my next two first round picks, and Spencer Knight. To me, and I'm not saying like I'm smarter than all the other GMs, but what I'm saying is, why don't some of these guys just be like, holy fuck? Think about how much better that makes us, though. Right now, in a year where we could win the Stanley Cup, what the what's two first round picks and your number one prospect if it gets you a Stanley Cup? Is my thought. Yeah. When it, whereas if you make that trade in the summer, I think there's all that time where you go into training camp being like, okay, this is, you know, this is the year. Whether or not anyone's actually saying that, that is the thought around camp for some of these teams, right? And then things don't fucking go as planned sometimes. And it's like, okay, Absolutely. where do you go now? Yeah. What do you do now? You don't have that first round pick to, to get yourself back to where you need to be. So what do you do? You fire the coach. And then the next coach sucks. And then, and then, and then you're the Oilers. Mm-hmm. So my point... <laughs> My point is that if if I'm a contending team and I know I'm fucking good right now, I want that guy that's at scores at a forty to five goal pace right now. And get me him right now. And I don't want to give credit to the GMs more than they deserve, but how dare you? If I'm the Chicago Blackhawks, for instance, that has Alex DeBrincat and I got the Florida Panthers on the line, I am saying, oh, you guys are going to win the Stanley Cup right now. Oh, the price just went up. Sure. How bad but, do you want to win a cup? No, no, but I understand that. But put it this way: I don't, I don't think that, uh, I don't think that the Blackhawks are getting two first round picks in Spencer Knight in the summer. But do they think that? Sure. And historically, teams never do. Is my sure. Point. So you so, hang on to them. And, so, then, so and, the, then, and then, what's I'm, the worst that happens? Now we have the twenty five year old goal scorer, and you don't. And we'll figure it out later. Yeah, and then you depreciate the asset, and you end Maybe. up with Patrick Laine. Right, like that's Maybe. that's that's my thought on it. Yeah. So I I don't know. I, I think it's just maximizing the value, and my thought is that especially when you're a player like Alex DeBrinket, uh, his value is probably never going to be as high as it is right now. Absolutely. Probably not. Now, how how high is high? I guess is the question. Sure. So I I don't know. That's a tough one. Yeah. Uh, I don't think he gets dealt before the deadline. Perfect spot for him. Um. Wow. Divisional rivals, and I would I would say the Blues, but <laughs> ooh, yeah, that'd be fun. Um, I don't know, Ottawa, maybe, like you know, like they could use like a just a fucking stud up there. Like that would be a team, I think. Perfect, per, honestly, perfect fit. He makes every team in the league better. Mm. Uh, like he's one of the few players definitively they get better if they get to bring it. So perfect fit. Any of the other thirty-one teams? Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Edmonton. Didn't he, didn't he? Wasn't he on the line with Connor McDavid at one point? Is that the guy? And Strom? Wasn't it the three of them? Strom, McDavid, and Debrinket and Barry. Oh, and ba- Barry. No. Erie. Erie. Whatever. Erie. Whatever team they were on. That was the yeah, Barry, not the Barry Colts. Erie Otters. Wasn't Debrinket yeah, the maybe. third one? Because I feel like that was the whole thing with getting Strom was he's going to play with Debrinket. Fourteen, fifteen was. McDavid, yeah, McDavid was drafted in 15? Well, yeah, well, where's, where's Debrinket? 
He played with Yuri. Yuri Otters? Yeah, so he's he's the other guy I was thinking of. I just I'm just trying to figure out if it's a year too soon or not, but uh, I got What was the, McDavid's rookie? That roster with Strom. There's this roster just with Strom. And there's that roster with McDavid and Strom. Mm, okay. So you know who else was on the team? Connor Brown. Travis Durham. Him too. Uh, current Toronto Maple Leafs. So. True. For now. Um, I I also think he sticks with Chicago for at least another year. Mm. Um, That's no fun. I think, I think if I'm the GM of this team, I would be going pretty hard after this guy, uh, in, to bring him to Minnesota. <laughs> ah, yes. Bring him to Minnesota. I do like that. Sir. And pay a king's ransom to dump some fucking cap on the Blackhawks. Mm. Get rid of fucking well Kevin Fiella I, I think you'd have to send back in the deal strictly just to, to make the, the money work um, it's already enticing if you're Chicago I don't hate Kevin Finiala yeah um, and and just I don't know fi- find a way to make because the, the, the crunch comes next year with their fucking buyout bullshit oh, yeah. pulled off um, that's gonna be crazy. But like, if you could, if you could pay the Blackhawks to like take Marcus Foligno off your hands or some shit, you know what I mean? Just See, do what you gotta do. Like as much as that is a cap hit, where you're like, you know, like yeah, it'd be nice to have the extra three point. Like they can't afford to trade him either, though. No. Like that. That's that's the problem. Is like obviously you can't trade Kaprizov, but like you know Zuccarello. You can make the case was a bad signing at the time. You can't right now. The guy has like 36 points in 29 games or whatever the fuck yeah. he's got. Uh, I don't have it in front of me. But like Eric Sinek obviously is your stud. Fiala, sure. Yeah, you can maybe make the case to trade him. But like Felino is their second best defensive forward on a team that employs one of the best defensive forwards in the National Hockey League in Eric Sinek. Like a top three guy. Right? Like like they can't trade Felino. You obviously can't trade Hartman. Like do you trade Greenway? Like I... I probably wouldn't no, either no. like it, it's tough so um like they can't even afford to move kulikov because he's been great actually so they're they're, well, they're a tough team here's the thing with them yeah. is i have such a hard time explaining why they're good because they're just held together by like a ton of scotch tape like i don't really want to start to unravel pieces of the tape to be quite honest with you just keep that all taped together keep it the way it is don't trade for anybody don't do anything keep that team exactly how it is right now Okay, I got bad news for you. You ever you ever see that Simpsons episode where Mr. Burns goes to the doctor and uh, he tells him that he doesn't have the disease he thinks and doctor's like, no, you actually have every disease known to man. Like, we found seven new diseases actually inside of you just now. Let me demonstrate. He shoves like all these like stuffed animals into like a doorway and he's like trying to push them through. See, you can't push them through when they're all trying to go through. But the second one of them falls in, it's all going to be chaos and the doorway opens and he's just like, Mr. Burns isn't listening to him. That's the Minnesota Wild. They're all trying to get through the doorway, and that's how the doorway stand blocked right now, I think. Yeah. Did that any of that make sense? It makes perfect sense, except for the fact that... I don't that understand why they're good. Even if they stand pat right now, they're still fucked next year. So yeah, you funny. have to do something now. You have to get rid of some money. I don't know what the hell they're going to do. Yeah. It's crazy. All right, well, that was fun. Those are my six guys that I had in mind uh, for... Dealing away on deadline day. Mm-hmm. Do you have anybody that you want to talk about deadline day? Deadline day? No, not no. yet. Anyway, it's okay. too early to tell. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, Kent Hughes got hired in Montreal. Kent 
Mm-hmm. Your buddy Kent. I know how much you loved Kent. See, now this guy, this more like, appropriately Kent. named Kent. But also... Uh, looks like a Kent. Like, And I don't want to be that guy. Here we go. Okay. Sure. A Kent from Quebec? <laughs> Is he from Quebec? He's from Quebec. Is he French? Yes. Oh. <laughs> I just assumed he was like a guy from like... Fucking Middlebrook, Massachusetts, that could fucking speak French. Like I saw, quite exactly. I saw Kent Hughes, and I was like, "Not a lie." I assumed that this was like Jack Hughes's uncle, to be quite honest with you, uh, who just like happens to speak French or something. He's not, but he's got like his like nephew was drafted by the Rangers <laughs> or some shit. Is it Cam Hughes? Ryan Hughes. Ryan Hughes. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Uh. Oh yeah, and, and and like there's, there was something weird where like his his one nephew or oh and he was son... drafted by the Rangers yeah also that's how Jeff Gordon knows him yeah oh, okay yeah nah, nah, there we go and ah, then, we got it all, it all makes sense and, now and the other son oh, this guy's been to Jeff Gordon's house in the summertime and I the, the see. other son plays for some university where there's ah, three other Montreal yeah, Canadiens picks yeah, currently yeah 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. His, yeah, his son Riley was a seventh-round pick of the Rangers. Sure. His youngest son Jack plays for Northeastern University. His youngest son Jack. Yeah. yeah. There's a Jack. second Jack Hughes. Hughes. Fuck that. For Northeastern U. Come on. Projected to be a draft in the late first round of the upcoming draft. So. <laughs> How many times in this league are we going to have guys with the same name? We got Luke Hughes, Quinn Hughes, Jack Hughes, Riley Hughes, Jack Hughes... In the NFL, I don't know if you know this, there's two Josh Allens, and they're both good. Hmm. Like, you know how sometimes you see this, and like, well, the one guy just sucks. Like, Sebastian Aho and Sebastian Aho. I mean, Greg Adams and Greg Adams? Exactly. Where the one guy just sucks. But in the NFL, there actually is two, like, very good Josh Allens, which is hilarious. Remember that time in... uh... It's the first time, actually, this year it happened. It was the first time ever that a quarterback got sacked by a guy who they shared the same name. Remember the time that Craig Adams and Craig Adams played for the Vancouver Canucks at the exact same time? No. That was crazy. I do not. Yeah. Um, Kent Hughes, former player agent, now GM of the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, your thoughts, sir? Something different. Sure. Whatever. I don't know. <laughs> Je- Jeff Gordon's a GM. As long as Jeff Gordon's making all the decisions, I don't really care. And, and this does seem like one of those hires where a player agent... Tried him in front of the media. He's probably a little more interesting than, you know, your run-of-the-mill hockey guy. Uh, I would think. I don't know. I haven't heard him talk. or I don't, actually don't know anything about him. Um, but it seems interesting to me. So, why the hell not? Mm-hmm. You know? I think it's better than Trot and Patrick Watt out there. That's for sure. It's tough. Um, that specific example, I think it's better than yeah. Patrick Watt. Like, I'd, rather, I'd maybe rather have, like, Danny Briere. But yeah, yeah, and it, it you know it's not the first player agent we've seen turn GM. No, excuse me. Um, former guest of the podcast even will know that uh, certain Toronto Maple Leafs GMs used to be player agents. So, yeah. um, I gotta tell you, some of the best GMs in the league are guys that, or like coaches even, are guys that like don't have an NHL track record. Like uh, the best coach in hockey is John Cooper, and he's uh, he's a lawyer. You know, he's a lawyer. Yeah, that's where I he came didn't from. Didn't know that. Yeah, he's been coaching hockey for eleven years or something like that. Mm. Fucking crazy. Okay, that's right. Okay, isn't that cool? Yeah, it's yeah. John John Cooper rocks. Lou yeah. Lamorello. 
Sure, he doesn't rock, but that, I, your point taken. Oh, come on, Lou nah. rocks. I don't what are you like talking Lou at all. What are you talking I about? Lou. I never liked Lou. What? Fuck Lou. Well, I don't know about fuck Lou, but I don't like. I've never liked Lou. When he when he was like brought in his first job in hockey at the NHL level, he was like the only non former player no, and that's or cool. family member. Yeah, I like that. But okay. aside from that, you know. All right. Let them grow beards. It's 2022. Well, that's just funny at this point. You think so? Yeah. I don't like, think he's so. he's trying to be the uh, New York Rangers or the I mean, uh, Yankees. Mm-hmm. Um, Your thoughts? Kent Hockey Hughes. You're right. Like it, it's it's Jeff Gordon as the GM. We've seen this time and time again. Where like the uh, who was the guy in, in Columbus that they they brought on to be the AGM? Um, before he got the GM job, Columbus. Yeah. The former agent that became the AGM in Columbus. Now he's a GM. Bill Zito. Um, oh, I thought you meant Kekalainen because I think no. that's what Kekalainen did too. Oh, maybe. Yeah. But like Bill Zito brought in. Yeah. We're not going to give you the GM job. Here's the assistant job. I, and they. I mean, to my point, Bill Zito. Pretty good. Sure. Yeah. So this is he is he is GM in title only. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I think he checks a lot of boxes. Sure. I don't know if he's the best option out there. I think this is a case of he's yeah if he's Jeff Gordon's buddy and you know, you know what? At the end of the day, I think the the key thing with this hire is that it's someone that Jeff Gordon thinks he can work with. Sure. And this is a rare example of someone hiring someone that they know. Where I'm like, yeah, that's probably your best move. Like this has got to be a guy that you have complete faith in to just sort of absolutely be your puppet more or less like you know but at what point do you just like like when does kent hughes become the gm we'll see i mean maybe the arrangement isn't what we you and i think it is maybe he genuinely is a gm at, at which point yeah we'll again we'll see but like if kent uh, hughes gets a phone call on deadline day does he have to turn around and go to jeff gordon like oh hang on i gotta check my boss well, I, I, there's a reason you're the gm yeah i i do partly wonder if the calls are just going to Jeff Gordon. Like, yeah. like I, don't, I don't know what level this arrangement is. If if Gordon's 100% the GM and Ken Hughes is the AGM with the GM title, or if he's genuinely doing the job and Jeff Gordon only has to sign off on a handful of stuff. Like, I don't know. We'll see. Like, does, does Ken Hughes take this job if he's coming into it as the AGM, like, on paper? Maybe not. Right. Right? And so, like, I, I'm just... I'm having a tough time, I guess, here with the idea that You've hired a guy to fill a role where if you don't need the role filled, don't fill the role. Mm-hmm. Like Jeff Gordon, if you can be the GM, just be the GM. Right? Don't hire a guy to wave to the media and smile and, you know, be the friendly face. Because I don't, like, I don't really, like, they're, they're annoying as fuck, but I don't think the Montreal Canadiens fans deserve that. Well, I mean, here here's what this is, though. Like, that it goes back to the whole point of why everyone's assuming that Ken Hughes is the, is the, the puppet here, for lack of a better way of putting it, is that the whole argument was if you're going to hire a general manager who's French-speaking, who the fuck is really your option? And this is the way around it, where if Jeff Gordon's the president, he doesn't have to talk to the media, you trot out Ken Hughes to talk in French and answer all the questions... When in reality, Jeff Gordon, like, this is the way for both sides of the fan base to kind of get what they want. Is the side of the fan base that doesn't care about the French-speaking thing 
to get an actual competent general manager and the side that seems to care a lot for whatever reason to get to hear je parlez-vous français right ken hughes who hasn't probably spoken a word of french since 1995 i don't know you're the one who told yeah. me it was french so I, I no know. yeah he's from quebec he hasn't lived there since 95 you know what i mean like sure but if he's french he's french he knows french sure <laughs> i don't know allegedly allegedly uh take a wild guess who his first a uh, player was first first player who represented um he graduated in 1996 from boston college had his first player two years later let's go uh benoit brunet First overall pick, Vincent LeCavier. <laughs> Honestly, I was going to guess yeah. that. But... Okay, cool. Presently Confirm. represents uh, Patrice Bergeron and Chris Letang. Is that a conflict of interest? <laughs> yes. In a free agent year for Patrice Bergeron? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Good thing Bergeron's a Nordiques fan. Um, yeah, so Chris Letang to the Montreal Canadiens in uh, 2025. See you there. I'll fit right in on the LTIR with Shea Weber. Yeah. All right. I don't know if you heard, mm. but the uh, top ten's back. Oh, uh, I want one more little activity here. Oh yeah, absolutely. I want to get just quick. It's going to take us two minutes. So James, I don't know if you heard. Um, the top ten's back. The top ten is back. But before we do that, uh, my good friend on Twitter, uh, who I've never met before, but edits for the New York Post or something like that, uh, Joe Maniello. Uh, he's the bracket guy on Twitter. He does the oh, brackets. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. SNL. Uh, so right now he's doing your SNL cast members. Yeah, yeah. Uh, tonight I was going to get you to help us cast our vote here. Absolutely. Live, live I've been the doing podcast, them. So. Yeah, let's do it. So on, on your behalf, I will cast. Uh, so our first matchup is round two, I should say. You got Adam Sandler mm-hmm. versus John Lovitz. This is based on their SNL careers. Adam Sandler or John Lovitz? Adam Sandler. Okay, I, not as quick for me, but I would I would ultimately go Sandler. I do agree. I, with, I hate with John the Lovitz. Really? I can't stand him. I actually, you know what? I understand. I could see why. <laughs> I, I honestly, someone tells me I don't like John Lovitz. I can understand that. I don't agree at all. I think he's hilarious, but uh, yeah, fair enough. Uh, okay, where's the next one here? Uh, Bill Hader. Versus Seth Myers. Bill Hader. It's Bill Hader. Yeah. Uh, Eddie Murphy versus Kevin Nealon. Eddie Murphy. Mm-hmm. And Gilda Radner versus Chris Rock somehow beat Anna Gasteyer, I think it was he beat or someone. I forget who he beat, but it's someone he... Oh, he beat A.D. Bryant. Yeah. Like, that, that's just a name value. Like, I don't remember a, seeing Chris Rock in a sketch ever. Mm. I've never seen a sketch with Chris Rock in it, I don't think. Okay. I know he was on the show, but I I don't remember ever seeing him in a sketch. Yeah. Um, I, I remember voting for him over whoever he, he faced. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's... Uh, for Eddie Bryan, really? It's it's Radner for me. Yeah, for it's, sure. it's Gilda Radner. Oh yeah, that's that's, that's an no-brainer. Um, okay. Well, thank you for your help there, James. Tomorrow, we have the lineup. Uh, we have the matchups of. Uh, well, I'll, I'll give my answers right now. Uh, well, sure. Yeah. Uh, Chris Farley versus David Spade. <laughs> Farley. 
Yeah, Spade shouldn't have won the matchup that he won. Yeah, uh, I voted for him, but my, I don't remember who. Oh, it was Gana Gastar. No, because I, I was, wasn't it. I voted for Gastar. David Spade. I'll go back and check that. Whatever. Uh, Mike Myers versus Norm Macdonald. Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's not a fun one. I remember seeing. Actually, that. I gotta tell you, none of the other three are all that easy. I remember seeing that one and thinking, like, how do you how do you decide? Um, I th- I think I have to go Mike Myers. Yeah, eh? I that's that's fair. Norm Norm is like no, SNL was... wise, he's very much in the same breath of like Seth Myers, where it's like most of what he did wasn't great. Fantastic a weekend update, and it's just like his post SNL career judge separately. So mm-hmm. I think Mike Myers is the better SNL character. That's all. And no, it was it was Spade that beat Gastar. Hmm. Then I voted for Gaster. Yeah. Yeah. And rightfully so. She's she should be in the next round here. Uh but I guess revisionist, would you go Spade or sorry, would you go uh Gastire in this matchup if it weren't Spade? Would you go Spade over Farley? Or sorry, Gastire over Farley, I guess you wouldn't. Probably so not. So it doesn't really make much of a yeah. difference in the long run. Probably but. not. Uh Kristen Wig versus Jane Curtin. Not easy. No. I think I go wig. I was leaning that way. But Jane Curtin kicks ass, man. You can't go wrong either way. Yeah. But probably wig. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Dana Carvey versus Chevy Chase. Chevy Chase. Yeah? Yeah. I think I go Carvey. Honestly. Mm. Just SNL. Yeah, no, I, I get Car- that. Carvey's among my favorites, for sure. The, over the man that debuted the weekend update the first host i get it i understand that oh i'm chevy chase and you're not yeah like i guess you make the argument (laughs) that if in a world without chevy chase is snl even still around like there is that whereas in a world without dana carvey snl probably still exists it just maybe doesn't survive the 2000s quite as or the 90s quite as well as it did but he he dana carvey is fantastic but i I found a lot of his characters were just copycats of themselves oh how dare you how dare you just shy awkward well isn't that special isn't that special uh yeah top 10 top 10's back oh top 10 that was it top 10's back for sure james Uh, would you care to let us know what we're doing this week it's the first time hearing of it baby 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 hopefully it's not something i had to Prepare for Baby. 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 We're doing Led Zeppelin songs. Top ten. Mm-hmm. Get your uh, get your fucking critique book out because I can guarantee you our top ten is not going to be your top ten. Won't be Brute's top ten. Won't be Jimmy Page's top ten. Like this. This is a band that had ten albums and we should be doing that. Never mind the songs, because... Top ten albums. This is too difficult to pull off. Um, well... I lost sleep. My girlfriend left me. Oh, wow. Uh, my dog died, all because I was too busy dealing with Led Zeppelin songs. Well, you made the right choice. Um, hardest top ten we've done, do you think? Uh, did we ever do a Trangely Hip top ten? Mm, we did. That was probably tougher then. But this you is, think so? This is next. Did we do top ten? I'm pretty sure we did. 
Yeah. Oh, we but we did favorite, not best. Hmm. Which I think best is is harder to maybe favorite because favorite you just go with your heart, you know. I could have done this in probably thirty seconds with what I think my favorite is. Now, when we do best, obviously you're gonna play favorites <laughs> to some degree. Yeah. But you know. Yeah. Like my second favorite Led Zeppelin song is not on the list. Okay. So. Which is. Uh well my if I if it was a top twelve my twelfth would have been Heartbreaker which is my second nice. favorite. Led Zeppelin song. Am I my eleven? I was really rooting it was gonna make it, but it didn't sneak in my top ten. Is Good Times, Bad Times. Ah, I had uh, Ramble on. As eleven, eh? Yeah. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Now, did you did you read a few articles on this one? Because I did. I wanted to see what other people were thinking too. No. No. I read the I read the Rolling Stone one (laughs) because I like Rolling Stone articles. Okay. And uh. Yeah, Ramble On was, was low in that one, and I was surprised. Mm. Like, I think it was like 35th or something. And I'm like, I feel like that's a top 20. You know? Absolutely, top 20. Ramble On's great. Yeah. Ramble On's fun time. Great, great tune. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there were, if you would have, if you would have asked me what I thought this list was going to look like before I, like, sat down and thought about it, uh, it does not look anything like it does. For sure. Well, uh, please, uh, your 10th, sir. Uh, my number 10, the 10 minute long song. It's Achilles last stand for me. Great tune. At Child's last end. Yeah. Yeah. Whoever at Child's is, I like him. Um, if that song was like five minutes long, perfect. (laughs) For sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It, uh, yeah, I get it. It's, it's repetitive, but I, I think it's all like the, the only takeaway I think for it is that it's. I don't think five minutes too long. I think it's it's about two minutes too long, I think. But um, I think overall, musically, it's it's just, I don't know. It's uh, it's the foundation for Metallica in many ways, you know? Like, it's, it's just, uh, it's such a... You can just hear the music that it sort of wrote after the fact. Sure. Without, you know what I mean, having to do any of the work and... Uh, I, I don't know. It's brilliant for me. I love it. it. It never gets old. It's the best song on that album, for sure. So, mm. there you go. Take uh, that, too. <clears throat> number 10 for me is Trampled Underfoot. Ooh, Trampled Underfoot. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's, a, that's a fucking banger. Uh, <laughs> uh, the double album, Physical Graffiti, I think... Uh, I don't know how to analyze that album, because I think there's a lot of fluff... Sure. But the hits fucking hit. Yeah. And it's top three off that double album. So. It's not a perfect album. No. But. No. It was a weird decision. <laughs> they. They have interesting song names. They have some interesting you're th- you're career choices for sure. Custard yeah. Pie and the Lemon Song and the Wonton Song and, you know. Yeah, Boogie with Stew for sure. Yeah, big <laughs> a, fan. We got a song called Hot Dog. Uh, Black that's, Country Woman. I'm sure that's thing. not a hot take. Whoa, whoa easy there. <laughs> Boogie with Stew. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a great, it's great. You know what though? Like of, of all their songs and as like, 
As kick-ass as they are, there are a few songs that I feel like are a crowd-pleaser get-you-going quite like Trampled Underfoot. Oh that is a dancer of a song. That's like, the closest thing they'll ever get to a disco song. <laughs> I was going to say, to pop. But, yeah, yeah. That's the closest thing yeah. they ever get there. Yeah. Wow. John Paul Jones on the keyboard. Let's go. What song was it that I sent you last night that I was listening to and it was listed as pop? Was that No Quarter or something? No, it wasn't No Quarter, <laughs> but it was something fucked. Alright, you're number nine. <clears throat> Black Dog. Sure. Yeah. Not my favorite. Um, it's the it's the closest that the radio has come to like overplaying a Zeppelin song for me. Because I, I just remember hearing it everywhere I went when I was a kid. Really? And Rock 94 loves it. Now, I guess I've never noticed. Now that. having now having said that, it's a genius fucking song though. Like it it is it is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Um, because like that's how good it is. Is I've heard it a thousand fucking times, uh, often not by choice, and it's still like yeah, it's fucking really good. It's good. So yeah, Black Dog's number nine for me. It's uh, it's just a fun one. You know the pace change. I do love a good pace change in a song. Zeppelin. Uh, I was going to say the kings of that, but maybe the, even just the pioneers of that yeah. uh, in rock music. And this is one of the best examples of it. So, mm-hmm. um, Bring it on home for me at number nine. Hmm. You get the... Uh, Neat. Har- if you get the harmonica going from Robert Plant yeah. in a song... Sure. No, it's good. That is... Yeah. That is the cherry on the pie in, in, in the terms of like... Sure. Robert doesn't play anything... But every, every, like, third album, I'll be like, oh, I got this harmonica that I could use. And they uh, they fucking utilize it once in a while. It's fucking fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. And they bring it, love that song. And then they bring it on and home. And they bring it home. And Don't they, though? Yeah. yeah. They tell you to bring it home, and by golly, they bring it home. They do it for you. Yeah. If you won't, they will. Gosh darn it. <laughs> yeah. They bring her on home, man. Yeah. Cool. Always love that song. That's good. Didn't see that coming, but that's cool. Last track on uh, Led Zeppelin 2. Yeah. 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 Yeah, they bring it on home. Um, nah, my number eight's rock and roll. Mm-hmm. Not for you, eh? Not a good song. No. No. Fun how, song. How dare you? Um, anytime that you can get a band in Thunder Bay, Ontario with a bunch of 16-year-olds that can play that song... Not a good song. Can't be that good. Yeah. See, but do they play it well? well who's to say? That's the difference. Who's to say? It's for me. I don't know. That's, uh, I mean, most of Led Zeppelin's uncoverable, but I do think that's not a coverable song. It's just never going to sound as good for me mm-hmm. as the original. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's just a, uh, it's a crowd pleaser on that one. It is. I would say. Yeah, it's a crowd pleaser. And in the sense that, I find a hard I find it hard to believe that it gets old, uh, but I don't know. Actually, I don't even know if I really have a great explanation for it. I just think it belongs in the top ten on that one. Okay. Yeah, that's nothing wrong with that. That's a tough one. I know. That's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Uh, from the final song on Led Zeppelin two to the first song on Led Zeppelin two, uh, whole lot of love mm. at number eight. That that guitar solo. Whole lot of Kelso. Wow. Yeah. You ever heard the uh, Chris Cornell version? Yep. Pretty good. As as about as as about as good as covering Led Zeppelin's gonna get. Yeah. 
is Chris Cornell and Santana. Rightfully so. Mm. Uh, that album's good. You ever hear that one? I Santana's? Have, yeah. yeah. It's fantastic. Like Chris Daughtry doing Photograph. Chester Bennington doing... Uh... Oh, which one does he do? Hmm. I gotta get that album in front of me now. Jacoby Shaddix doing Riders on the Storm. Yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> which <laughs> did not would not have been my choice, uh, yeah. for, but it works. What the hell did Bennington do? He's not smoke on the water, is he? Mm, I'll no. get it in front of me here. It's called Guitar Heaven. That's the album name? Yeah. There it is. I got it. Okay. Um, okay. Oh. Yeah. There's a, Honestly, there's a few of these I don't think I've ever heard now that I think about it. Uh, you got In, in Order. Uh, the album starts with Chris Cornell and, well, of course, Santana doing a whole lot of love. Uh, your second song is, of course, Santana. And Scott Whelan doing Can't You Hear Me Knocking," Which actually is a good version of it. Yeah. Uh, and it's shorter, which I like. Uh, <laughs> Sunshine of Your Love featuring Rob Thomas. I, I hate that song, but it's a decent cover. Yeah, I think it's... it's uh, anytime you get uh, Santana and Rob Thomas yeah, in the same room. Yeah, same room, man. They got magic. That's the way to go. Yeah. While my, my, while my guitar gently weeps with India Ari and Yo-Yo Ma. Never heard that one. Yeah. I would remember The back and black one is interesting, but we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, boy. Photograph featuring Chris Daughtry. Very good. Uh, Back in black featuring Nos. Like the rapper Nos. (laughs) It's Uh, it's a trip for sure. Yeah. (laughs) That's that's one way to do it. Um, Number seven, Riders on the Storm with Chester Bennington and Ray Manzarek. Because Jacoby Shaddix's "Smoke on the Water." Oh, yes. Okay. Now, now, now that now that I see it in front of me, yeah, I remember that. And Ray Manzarek, that's fucking deadly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, Dance the night away with Pat Monahan from Train. Yeah, it's good. Uh, Bang a gong, get it on with Gavin Rossdale. I've never heard that. Uh, I don't going, have that on my album. I'm going to listen to that later. I have twelve songs on mine. The next Gavin song I have after Dance Night Away is Little Wing. Uh, yeah, Little Wing's eleven. Oh. With Joe Cocker. Of course, okay. the man. The letter. She wrote me a letter. Hmm. Uh, I Ain't Superstitious. Uh, with Johnny Lang. Who I'm blanking sure. on. Um, <laughs> and then we've got some deluxe songs. There's Fortunate Son featuring Scott Stapp. Which we uh, wow. left off the main album for a reason. <laughs> Under the Bridge featuring Anthony Vargas. <laughs> who I don't know who that is. Uh, the European... <laughs> Yeah. My fortunate son. Let's take one of the best guitar players of all time and cover one of the best rock songs ever written. <laughs> and who's going to sing it? The guy from Creed. One of the yeah. best, uh, maybe one of the best Christian rock bands of 1999, for sure. Jesus uh, Under the Bridge with Roche Voisin. I've never known how Roche to say Voisin. that. You know who I'm talking about? Rock Voisin, the yeah. Quebec singer. There. Yeah, yeah. He's good, though. I just never know how to say his name. Uh, and then Lagrange featuring. Kenichi Asai. Never heard that version either. Hmm. That's uh, it's on the Japan edition, so I'm gonna assume that it's uh, in a Japanese version. Right. Did you give your number eight no. after my rock and roll? Oh, oh, it's a whole lot of love. Okay. It's a whole lot of Kelso. That's uh, over here. Yeah, yeah. Is that the best Led Zeppelin cover that you're aware of? I think so. Trent Reznor does a good immigrant song, but okay. it's it's. It's not the original. 
Hart does. Um... Oh boy. Uh, fuck. What song do they do? Hart religiously does like uh, a song by Led Zeppelin, and I'm blanking on it now. What what song would I think Hart does? Fool in the Rain, maybe? No. It's early. Okay. I don't think that's a Led Zeppelin song. It's early. Uh, communication Breakdown. Hart does Communication Oh, yeah, they do. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty good. Oh, yeah. And what does... Uh, who does good, good Times, Bad Times? Is that Godsmack? Maybe. I've, does I'm Good not, Times, Bad Times? Familiar. And it's not bad. Yeah. I think it's Good Times, Bad Times hmm. that they do. Yeah, it's not bad. But okay, not a band that I would cover. Yeah, if I, if my I were, band has done it a few times. If I were it anyone. is uh, well, it's tricky. Diff- it's different from a band in a bar. Like if you're a famous band, I don't think you need to cover Led Zeppelin. Sure, You'd sure. Probably just be famous on your own there. There's there's one song in my top ten that we're not we're gonna get to in a bit um, that we wanted to cover really bad, and we just like we got like a month into it, and we're just like this is not working. We fucking suck at this song. Don't touch it. And we never went back to it again, so. Okay. Yeah. I'm excited for when we get there. Uh, my number seven is Babe, I'm Gonna Leave You. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's slow, and then it's fast. And it's slow, and it's fast. And, man, when it hits, it hits. And the slow parts are just, mm, you know? I gotta ask you. I sound like a coked out record producer right now, just being like, yeah. and then when it's mm, and then it's ah, mm, and, ah, mm, mm. and it's just enough oomph to make the ah but flow. A little bit more. S- I gotta ask you. Yeah. Do you think he leads her? Hmm. Do you think he leads her? <laughs> it seems like it. It's hard to say. I, it's hard to say. It's I, hard you know, to here's say. the thing: as he says, he will ramble, uh, and he does a lot of that. He in does song. ramble on. So yeah, mm. perhaps the inspiration of could be. Probably not. But, um, yeah. It, oh man. Just, yeah. Great song. Just great. I, I, I just, I think, I think it's, as my top ten does allude to over the next, like, like five of the next six songs. Like, they're longer, sort of, not, I wouldn't say this is an epic necessarily, but it's, it's one of their longer songs where there's a lot of purpose behind it. And, I think that's when they're at their best. It's mm-hmm. kind of when they sort of take their time with the song. Uh, everything in this song's intentional, and it, it has good intent, and I don't know. I, I just love it. I think it's great. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my number seven is Over the Hills and Far Away. Yeah. Good song. The first song I ever learned to play front to back by Led Zeppelin on guitar. Oh. Yeah. I did know how to play that riff once upon a time. It is fun to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um off the houses of the holy album uh beautiful beautiful piece i don't know i don't need to go any more in depth with that if you know what you're gonna acknowledge what i'm saying if you don't then fucking stop take a second pause the podcast go listen to it Mm -hmm. take four minutes come back press play I'll, i'll wait I'm going to say it's 4 minutes and 51 seconds long would be my guess. I got it right here in front of me. It is uh, 4.50. Fucking pretty good. Yeah. Well, let me ask you something. As a as a guitar player, uh, and a better one than I am, now you're a bass player, but you do play regular guitar too. If you're sitting around, like, do you ever sit around, you sit around with your bass in front of the TV just dicking <clears> around sometimes, right, I'm sure? 
Uh, not as much? Not as much. Not that much? No. No. So when do you play necessarily? Like, are you playing with purpose or are you ever just dicking around on it? I, I, I dick around. You don't dick around I, that much I, anymore? I usually dick around with, with a purpose. What's your what's your go-to dicking around, like, famous riff that you play? Sweet Emotion. Yeah, as a bass player, that's a good call. <laughs> <laughs> that's, you could do a lot that's worse. That's a lot of fun. That's fair. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because my, my go-to guitars, I would say, are Wish You Were Here or Slither mm. when I'm dicking around with the guitar. Yeah. Speaking of Pink Floyd, I've, I've been known to bust out of money once in a while. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mm. one more time? <laughs> mm. yeah. 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 It'll do it. That's another good bass song. Mm-hmm. Hey? Okay. That was your seven. No, Sorry. Number seven. Okay. My number six... Now, this is why I I like to look at the articles and see what other people are thinking. Now, it sounds like I have this one a little low. Oh. Should be should be closer to one to three. Okay. But I, I don't think it's a top three Led Zeppelin song. I think it's top ten okay. Led Zeppelin song. That's where you have it. I will explain. And it's going to sound negative when I do, but I'm going to do it anyway. Okay. It's Cashmere. Hmm. Because, as... As much as I appreciate the musical brilliance within it, and I enjoy listening to it, my only complaint with it has been that it's kind of a, a longer journey that doesn't really take you much anywhere, I find, the song. It kind of doesn't go up, it doesn't really go down, it doesn't really get going, it just kind of, it's just kind of it. Uh, but I do like the song. Hmm. Like, it's, it's, it's good. It's, you know, still probably one of my top 20 favorites. I don't think it's their best song. Ocean's 12. Yeah. I understand. You just called his daughter a whore. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 a good song. I like it. Um, put it this way. They have other songs that do similar things that I would argue that I have higher than this. So, okay. Yeah. No, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Uh, number six for me is uh, when the levee breaks. I talked about the geet, uh, the mm. the harmonica. Mm. Love a good harmonica mm-hmm. in Led Zeppelin. Let's mm-hmm. go. Let's let's buckle up. Um, is harmonica your favorite non-conventional instrument that gets used in rock? Like outside of the, like your your guitar, your bass, your drum. I will say even keyboard yeah. as a conventional. Love a good sax. Yeah, I would say mine's sax probably. That solo and it. Money by Pink Floyd. Mm-hmm. Fucking fire me up. Let's go. Yeah, sax. But, I think saxophone, when used properly, is arguably the best instrument. But I, I'm not I, I think lie. both of those instruments utilize very similar traits in the yeah. sense that... I don't know how else to put it. But some songs are a sax song and some songs are a harmonica right. song. And, and I don't know how, how, how better to put it, but those two instruments, sex appeal. Oh, yeah. I don't know why. Yeah. It's just like you hear it and it's like, holy fuck, mm-hmm. here we go. Buckle in. It's going to get hot. Interestingly enough, usually uh, the homeliest uh, looking people in the band playing the instrument. Right, because so. that's where you learn it, on the streets. That's out of the home. You ever see the sax player for Dave Matthews' band? He's phenomenal, but yeah. he's a geeky looking dude. Uh, I interrupt our top ten to announce oh, some no. breaking news. John Klingberg to the Nashville Predators. Uh, Hockey Hall of Famer and four-time Stanley Cup champion, Clark Gillies. 
uh, has passed away at the age of 67. That's, uh, that's, that's too bad. Mm-hmm. I have no memories of Clark Gillies to share, unfortunately. I'm, I'll just break the ice no, on that one. that's fine. <laughs> we, we're we we're, know, we're know, looking at each other waiting to see who's going to say it. You know of him. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, his, his sons had a little uh, sure yeah. spurt there at the NHL at one point. Yeah. Big part of his uh, dynasty years in uh, New York. Yeah, the footage I've seen, uh, he rocks, for sure. Very young, 67. Yeah, that's, uh, Pretty that's sad. that is too bad, unfortunately. Yeah. And uh, Fairly active guy, as far as I can recall in the islander community yeah so that's yeah. Uh, that's that is too bad mm-hmm. um hmm. anyway top 10 yeah uh, top 10 your uh sorry that was your your what was your six? That was six was Levy when breaks. the levy breaks okay uh my number five yeah and to that point like i said my favorite my favorite led zeppelin is often when they're they're Working for a little while. Oh yeah, it's not a three-minute song. Like take they're, a second. they're gonna Think just here. Here's the journey we're gonna take you yeah. on. This I think has maybe taken over as my favorite Led Zeppelin song. Okay, uh, and I do think it is a top ten. It's since I've been loving you. Is just, I I think not. Uh, Again, not because it's my favorite. Like, I genuinely think this is one of the best blues songs of all time. Hmm. Like, it would it would be in my top ten blues songs ever. And they're not a band that I think of as a blues band, necessarily. They're rooted in blues rock, and they have influences of blues rock. But this is one of the few songs that I would say, that I, I would say is outright a blues song. I don't know if you would agree with that. Absolutely. But, um, this is just so smooth. And it has a way of understating itself, I think. And uh, it, it is one of those few songs that every time I hear it, I know exactly how it goes, and yet I still feel like I'm listening to it for the first time. It just has a way of feeling itself out, I guess. I, I don't know if I have a better way of explaining that. Mm-hmm. It's a brilliant song. Uh, seven minutes and seven seconds, I want to guess. Seven, no, it's about 7.25. I think. I'm going to go 725. 23. I realized I'm good at remembering song lengths mm-hmm. lately, too. Anyway, yeah. That's my number five. Uh, I got uh, Babe, I'm Gonna Leave You. Nice. Yeah, Jimmy! Yeah. Hey! Is that our first mutual song in the top ten so five? far? So far. Nice. Not bad. Hey, babe. That's how tough this one was. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave you. <laughs> yeah. Holy fuck. Yeah. Like, I don't even know what to say about this song. Um, it's awesome. This is the this, this is the second song anyone ever heard of Led Zeppelin. Yeah. Ever. And, and that was one of the main reasons why Good Times, Bad Times for me was close to a top ten. Is on, Like, once I kind of thought about it in that yeah. vein, realized this is the first song anyone ever heard from this band. Hang on a second now, lads. You want to sort now, mouth now with your high hat just counting in? It's a bold take. I'll go all say. I realize Jason Statham produced their ten albums. <laughs> <laughs> like what an insane idea! Like we got we got two two minutes forty five seconds. Why do you want to set this thing? Hey, really? Are you sure? Can only go off from here, I guess. Yeah. And it sure did. Yeah. yeah. Um, and not only did it go from there, it went on to, babe, I'm going to leave you. 
at number two. Um, That's a great album. I got a, I got a tough problem with this only because uh, it's not a Led Zeppelin song, but mm. they have since uh, credited the original writers, so I guess we'll let it slide. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, and I guess uh, that leaves me to my next point. Uh, number four would probably be uh, higher on the list for me if it were a Led Zeppelin original. Mm. However, it is a cover, mm. technically. Mm. Uh, my number four is When the Levee Breaks. Ah. There's a lot of things Cashmere does, but I think it does it better mm-hmm. for me. Um, yeah. Awesome song. And our second Mutual on the top ten. We're fist bumping and no one can see that. That's amazing. Part. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, we've got our third mutual. Oh. On the top ten. I think we're going to have a few here. <laughs> because I got uh, I got Since I've Been Loving You. Oh. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. People like to talk about Led Zeppelin as a, uh, a, a fundamental rock and roll band. As maybe the first metal band. Sure. Right there with Black Sabbath. They have conquered the blues mm-hmm. in a lot of ways mm-hmm. i'm not gonna say that they're like the a, a blues band no but no, they but I know do the blues just they certainly have an understanding of blues music they, they there, know what there's they're doing. no fucking yeah. doubt about it yeah they didn't start writing the song going yeah, it's a little green no it's blue <laughs> it's blue since i've been loving you blue through and through number four for me it's a good choice james um Wow, are we in our top three? Top three. Yes. Top three. Wow. Alright. Okay. Oh, fuck. Well, here's the thing. I would have to assume that we have some similarities here. But with this band, I don't know that for sure. But here's what I'll say. I know for certain we have uh, one that is not. Yes, we have to. <laughs> um, my number three is Immigrant Song. And it... Uh, it was one and two at some point. Hmm. But it's three in the final ranking. Um, here's what I'll say. Songs, I'm gonna say, two minutes and twenty-one seconds long, ish. <laughs> and um, this is about as close to twenty-five to, damn, yeah. a perfect rock song as it gets. In that two and a half minutes, not even. There is not a second that isn't there with intent. There isn't a second where it feels awkward where they were shifting a beat or they didn't know what to do here. Kind of just, you know what I mean? It's moving to that. There's nothing awkward. There's no transitions in it. It It is naturally played out, I find. It packs a punch. It's to the point. Um, I think that it is in the conversation for a perfect rock song. Um... The knock on it, in that 225, it doesn't do some of the other things that the two songs ahead of it does. That's all. Yeah. That's all That's all I've got. Yeah. But other than that, it's it's flawless. It's, it's almost too short, too sweet. You know what I mean? It's perfect, I'll say. Okay. It's perfect, but that doesn't mean it's the best. 
but it's perfect. Like, if you could have stretched that out for another 40 seconds, toss a guitar solo in the middle, wow. Whoa. Wow. Sure, like, again, and that's where I'm going, kind of, like, not to give away my other two, but, like, there's no... There's no Jimmy Page at his Jimmy Page's absolute finest in this mm-hmm. song. Yeah, uh, it's just it's the song itself. I don't know if it really accents the four members of the band as good as the other two songs I have ahead of it. That's but, fair. Uh, as far as the song itself goes, it's just a fucking perfect rock song. It's a banger. Yep, it's a banger. Perfect rock song. Uh, my number three. Mm. And it's the third song off this album that I've talked about today. Oh! What is and what shall never be. Yep, fair enough. Uh, This is the song that uh, a couple of idiot 17-year-olds decided, hey, this shouldn't be too hard to pull off in my garage back in the day. (laughs) And... No, boy, no, it is. Boy, were oh, we wrong. Boy. Yeah. Oh, look, there's no way. Look, if, if I went down the list here, look, we've we've covered the ocean, we've done Moby Dick, we've done the immigrant song, we've done rock and roll. I'm probably forgetting something else. Okay. This was like the first Led Zeppelin song that we were like, yeah, let's try to play this one. No one plays this one. No one covers this. Mm-hmm. Trying, yeah, to be, there's a reason. trying to be edgy and cool, and no, it was yeah, like, it's... oh, this really isn't working out. We can't make this, yeah, make this flow. You um, might even say it's what should never be, probably. And honestly, definitely not what was. I, I will admit, very heavy-handedly, this is a soft spot for me. Okay, maybe it shouldn't be this high, but I think whole lot of love is a little overrated in terms of this album. And if you just wait a second. You just get through that amazing piece of music, and you get to track two. I think you're gonna be pleasantly surprised, my friend. What is and what should never be. Ups, downs, flows, soft, hard. Let's go. Let's do it. Okay. Or maybe not. Maybe it should never be. No, it should be. Uh, it is on your top ten, and it will never be on mine. But that's fine. No, it's very good though. <laughs> It's it's it, it, like yeah I, I don't yeah I don't I don't know that I think of it quite that highly, but it it it'd be in my top twenty five probably. Mm-hmm. Put it this way, uh, like I said, I made a list of thirty three songs and it was on it, and it got cut midway through the cuts. And I think it's quite a good song. Um, I don't know if they have many songs that I would say are bad necessarily. Yeah, it's not many. Boogie was stew, and that's it. Don't don't really care for Coda for the most part, but that's really. I have a weird relationship with Coda. I don't care for it. It's it's good. It's still, it's still fine. It's still Led Zeppelin. Yeah, it's yeah. still you know. Where okay, hmm. let's take two seconds here. Hmm. Led Zeppelin, the hierarchy of bands. Mm-hmm. Top ten band all time. Yes or no? Well, when we did our rock band bracket, they they won. Did they? They were number one. Oh, I think that had a lot to do with Cam Thomas. <laughs> I, I think they're the greatest rock band of all time. Okay, that's kind of what I was leading up to. Yeah, yeah just I, I think they're the greatest rock band of all time, for sure. I can appreciate the Beatles, for sure. Yeah. But even in that conversation, I think the Rolling Stones are better than the Beatles. Mm. And I think Led Zeppelin, for me, blows the Rolling Stones out of the water. 
Yeah, as much as I love the Rolling Stones. <laughs> Boy, don't they. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, just making sure we're... It's yeah. fine. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, put it this way, if we did our top ten Rolling Stones songs, which we obviously will at some point, I don't think it'd be as hard for me as this one was. I think I could narrow that down a little better. I think, yeah, I think there's like a clear top seven or six. What would you say the best Rolling Stones song is? Just right now, and then we'll see six months down the road if it holds up. Oh, um, Paint It Black. Yeah. I think it's Gimme Shelter for me. Yep. No, I take it back. It's I, I think that's their shelter. best song. Yeah. No, that's my, I don't know if it's my favorite. It's <laughs> up there, but it's it's their best song. I think. Um, okay. What is and what should, what should never be? Um, my, my number two is Stairway to Heaven. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Uh... See, the thing with this one, I'm curious to see if you're hitting mm, me because it should rightfully be number one, or if it's because you hate it and you don't think it should be in the top ten. Uh, Stairway to Heaven to me, though, like, yeah, okay, here's what. Here's one thing I will say. Is it the greatest rock song ever? Uh, no. No. I wouldn't say so. Um, it's become overrated, but I don't think that that should take away from what it actually is uh it's a brilliant journey the the negative thing that i've heard people say is that uh the first five and a half minutes don't match up to the remaining two and a half minutes like the the end of the song is way better than the first and it takes too long to get there that's fine if you feel that way i'm willing to take that journey time and time again because that's what it's meant to be this song is meant to be a journey if you come into it and you're looking for a three-minute radio hit, hey, Immigrant Song exists. This song, uh, I love it lyrically. I love I, I love it. I, I think it's a great song. And I don't think it's their absolute best song, but I think it's rightfully one of the best songs they've ever put together. I still think it is one of the best rock songs ever made. I don't think it would be number one necessarily, but yeah. Okay. Number two. All right. I love where it goes, and Jimmy Page was some of the best, most most iconic uh, guitar work of all time in this song. I would say some would argue the best solo of all time. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. And I I think you can make that argument. I think so. So yeah. Your number two. Uh, Cashmere. There we go. From the words of the men themselves, this is the yep. Led Zeppelin song. Yeah. Um, I understand that. There is nothing... There, There is no time in my life where I feel cooler when Cashmere comes on my headphones and I'm just like, you know what? Fuck the rest of you. The people on the bus or the people in the mall around me. I, for this next eight minutes, am the coolest person in the world because I'm listening to Cashmere. Mm-hmm. It just, it's got something. I, I don't know what it is, but it's, it's intrinsically Led Zeppelin is the only way I can put it. I'll say this. Here's why it gets in the top ten for me. It's a, and it's not, it's not so much the whole, like, the, this is a song where I think, um, to almost use a hockey analogy, this is almost like an analytics song in a way. 
Okay, hear me out on this one. Where I think, on paper, the brilliance of it cannot be looked away. That doesn't mean that I want to listen to it all the time. But what I will say is that no one had ever done anything like this before this song. Mm -hmm. And if they have, I've never heard anything older than this that I think is similar to this song. And I've heard very few songs since then that were like this. And most of the ones that I've heard are other songs that Led Zeppelin did. This was the first song of its kind, I think. And this is another one like Achilles' Last Stand where I think you hear influences of it afterwards. Like, it, it almost creates its own genre. This is the closest thing... This is maybe the closest thing I think they've ever had to influencing rap music, I think, this song. And I don't know if I really want to get into that because I'm just going to ramble. But I genuinely believe that this song on paper... I agree with them when they say that this is the the quintessential Led Zeppelin song. Who, I understand. That. Who, who who was the rapper that did the the Oh Cashmere was, is a rapper? Was, was it Puff like Daddy that. for the Godzilla soundtrack? Mm. I wanna say. Oh, you are right, that is actually sampled. It's fucking hilarious. That music video is wild because for for however it worked out, they Yeah, up, it's 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 P. Diddy. They end up getting Jimmy Page in the music video. <laughs> Come With Me by Puff Daddy featuring yeah. Jimmy Page. 1998 was oh a wild year. Fuck. Watch that. Pause the podcast. Go watch that video. Come back. Pick it up. Mm-hmm. Fucking hilarious. A wild time. 1998. Graphic effects. Mm. Now, folks, if you're not the familiar uh, with Puff Daddy, um, that is, of course... Uh, Sean Combs. Sean Combs. Yeah. Uh, star of Get Him to the Greek. Right. Of course. Yeah, P. Diddy. Uh, at one point was yeah. a rapper. Yeah, so. right. Yeah, yeah. Mine, mine fucking Sergio from exactly. uh, who came to me there exactly. get him to the Greek that's a weird name for a wow yeah. one, one of the best one of the best casting decisions in comedy history for throw me. that phone in my office incredible throw the fucking phone sorry Nick Kroll's just like ready to cry <laughs> oh god get him oh, to the Greek oh boy here we go I'm nervous well I I, I know we don't have the same number one. Okay. I don't know what yours is. I haven't been tracking in my mind. Yeah. But mine, you're you're gonna be let down. But I feel it's their number one. Okay. Uh, my number one, I think, is their best song. Is a whole lot of love. Okay. Um. And I'm not sure that I have thought this out necessarily to make this argument. But this is one of the songs that I would put... If I had to nominate five songs for the greatest rock song of all time, I would probably nominate this one. Okay. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, like, it is It is by itself, the tune, the riff, everything about it is catchy, it's, it's fun. It's... The solo for me, it's its the moment, it's the minute and a half where you think you're in a horror movie there. <laughs> that I think is so fucking brilliant to me that, um, it, it's, it's again, like, it's something Led Zeppelin is among the best to ever do it, is taking you on a journey. And this song kind of takes you somewhere where you don't really think you're going to go. Yeah. But even without that, like, even though I think that's genius, I think the song by itself is, uh... It's incredible. Like it, it's it's uh, it's my favorite Led Zeppelin song. 
uh, has been for a very long time, and and I, I think it's their best song. Um, whole lot of love. Do you know the, uh, in that horror scene, mm-hmm. um, John Bonham puts the sticks down. Who's who's an interesting character. Great, great. Good no, guy. I don't know this story though. He puts the sticks down. He's got the hi hat, and they're doing their weird things in the background. And then, funneling beers. And then they got that those those chimes that are going. That is him smacking it with the back of his hand. <laughs> oh yeah, I've never heard that. Yeah, and um, to our horror uh, and delight, uh, 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 uh. our drummer tried that one time. Oh boy, bleeding from oh. like like just above the wrist profusely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't just smack a cymbal and expect it to well, sound good. Here's something that maybe Brandon didn't know at the time, though. Is that John Bonham, um, as talented as he was, was uh, clinically insane, batshit crazy, <laughs> yeah, literally, yeah, no. Um, whole lot of Kelso. What are you gonna say? It's fucking. That's your number one. Whole lot of Kelso. No, that's my number eight. Actually, yeah. Um, number one for me uh, in my time of dying. Hmm. Okay. I. Now, you don't have to show your work, yeah. but I gotta hear this one. This is all four of these guys at their best individually. And Fair enough. then they came together. If there's a, a, a mark to be had against it, it's the fact that for a portion of the song, they are taking a old blues songs, lyrics, and pasting it in. Um, originally, without credit, they have since... Forty credit, but I like when I think of Jimmy Page, and, and I, I don't know if you've got this same maybe visual representation of the guy, but top five guitarists of all time for me. Um, but when I when I see him in a still, like in, in a photographic representation of my mind, he's got he's got that bowstring in his hand. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. He's got that violin bowstring upside down like he's stabbing his guitar with a knife. He's doing something with his hands and he's playing the guitar. Mm-hmm. And this is the song that he's playing. The the like the genius. Yeah. To like go through and and come up with the idea to like, "Hey, what if I fucking brought a violin string on stage and fucking played my guitar?" like a satanic madman produced this piece of music and he did it the rest of the journey through what was led zeppelin he's done it since in incarnations on his solo work and it is like to me so iconic and it it produced such a level of experimentation at a time when you really didn't have a lot of options to experiment that yeah. I don't know. It 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 is Led Zeppelin through and through at their best. For me. I got a And I, you uh, got the harmonica. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know, you know, if you heard uh, John Bonham was uh, hitting chimes mm. in the back, like it's it's a, the end, the end of every head. story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know that moment, like, around, like, uh, 2.30, you hear a bunch of glass right. crash in the back? 
Never noticed that. Yeah, that's John Bonham throwing a wine bottle yeah, against dro- the wall. <laughs> Drop his vodka. <laughs> Oh, that sounds fucking good, mate. We're going to keep that now, yeah? Might be the only example of something that happened 42 years ago where I'm sitting here being like, are these jokes too soon? I don't know. Yeah, it might be. <laughs> um, hmm. Number one, eh? Did you have honorable mentions? Did you have, well, like, what songs would you say were your close cuts? Ram- Ramble On was close. Oh, it was close cut. Sorry, what was your number 10 then? I, well, it was, I thought it was Ramble On. Uh, number 10 was Chapel Underfoot. Oh, oh fuck, yeah. True enough. Uh, Black Dog was up there for me. Uh, oh, yeah, you didn't have that in there, right? Yeah. Where would you put Heartbreaker? Top 20? Yeah. For you or no? Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, when I started my list, I had that, like, number one. And the more I thought about it, I'm like, no. No, it's good. And just because I love it. The problem know, with Heartbreaker but... is, like, as I mentioned, I've got three songs from that album on my top 10. Yeah. Heartbreaker and... is. One of their catchiest songs, Absolutely. I would say. Yeah. Right? But it, yeah. I don't know that it, outside of the solo, really does anything that's otherworldly. It's also one of those songs where you have to kind of, like with like Pink Floyd gets into this problem a lot, oh, where you, you, have to, you have to link it to the next song after it with Living Loving Made. Yeah. And it's like, you can't do one without the other, Living, I feel. Um... Uh, Bronyar Stomp came close for mm-hmm. me. House of the Holy and um, the one I was I was going back and forth on. Oh, uh, Fool in the Rain from their last album, uh, In Through the Outdoor. Uh, they got to that stage in their career where it was like we're gonna try some things, and it didn't always work. Yeah, did they ever? It didn't always work, but I've always felt that that was the best song on that album. Um, Full Rain's very good. You think that's the best song on that album, though, right? All My Love gets too much. It, it's overhyped, for sure. In Through the Outdoor, though, like... Uh, it's in the evening, though, isn't it? In the evening. Yep, it, well, yeah, maybe. I think that's... Yeah. That that was that was probably the highest from that album for me, I would think. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't have Southbound Sorez as your top... Uh... <laughs> no. There, There's about... 12 to 14 songs by Led Zeppelin that I could say I've probably only listened to once in my life, and that's probably one of them. I'm not going to lie. Okay, so here's what I'm thinking for our next um, big special appearance. Um, like top 10? We did a whole episode on uh, ranking all of the Arkell songs. We probably could have ranked the Led we Zeppelin We probably could have done all of There's less Led Zeppelin songs now then there were what's a, what's kills. another band where they have like let's say 50 to 80 songs where we could rank because i have been thinking about that Oof. you know and yeah we, we could have done led zeppelin led zeppelin would work um now ideally not I mean, a, not a super current active band i would say ideally not like it would ideally be a band that has since come and gone yeah i mean i mean like not to bring him up again for the second time this this episode but like mac miller you could do um you can bring mac miller up as much as you want it was his hey it was his birthday uh what was it yesterday something like that yeah yesterday yeah you're right short and sweet eh well two days ago that's that's a that's a tough one yeah we could have ranked that zeppelin 
Led Zeppelin. You know what? I'm this not, was a fun. I'm top not gonna 10. lie. If you could uh, guess, you get the right guest uh, speaker in, you could still do that top ten. Or, uh, sorry, the all-time Led Zeppelin. Well, we'd have to do it a while from now because I'm gonna just use all of this. Absolutely. I'm gonna need to go in with a fresh mind. Yeah. But we could do that. Do what you gotta do. Yeah. Uh, beyond that, um, it's tough. Yeah, I don't know. Um, My Chemical Romance could be done. You could do that. As much as I don't want to admit them as not being a currently active band. Yeah. They haven't made an album in 12 years. They sure haven't. <laughs> yeah. You could, I mean... Another one too, though. Like I don't know how if you're a big fan of like I, I would I would assume the number of songs would work. Like Credence is a band that you know, although they uh, were around for four years, they somehow have like sixty songs or some shit. But holy hell, how have we not thought thought of Nirvana yet? We could do Nirvana. <laughs> Why? Well, I, I didn't know if you were like a uh, that big of a Nirvana. Well, fan more so than Credence. Really? Yeah. You're not a Credence guy. Yeah. I always thought you were a Credence guy. Mm-hmm. So in the great Big Lebowski feud of Eagles versus Credence, are you more Eagles than Credence? Oh, okay. So you're you're, you're talking CCR. Yeah. Not the band called Credence. Oh, CCR. Okay. There's a band called Credence? There, there is, yes. Oh, never, no. <laughs> Wouldn't hold up much hope for the tape deck or the Credence. And since that scene, they've been Credence to me. Uh, I'm pretty sure Credence even had a song in, like, the NHL series at one point. Oh, God, I've never heard of this band. Yeah. Okay. No, Credence Clearwater Revival, John Fogarty. That's... Green River, baby. Yeah, no. Who'll Stop the Rain? Yeah. Running through the the jungle, (laughs) for sure. Oh, I'm sorry. Who amongst us has not run through the jungle? That's why I was shocked to find out that, what, you don't like John Fogarty? What the fuck is wrong with you? Hey, put me in, coach. I'm not gonna lie to you. I I love, I love a good job. John Fogarty appearance. Um, Absolutely. In the have great you ever, CCR eight well, Have CCR you never seen sure. The Rain, James? Uh, not the same way that you have. Uh, okay. Yeah. It's the Eagles. <laughs> Still the Eagles, oh, though? Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. I don't think it is for me. I think I'm more of a CCR guy. You really? That yeah. one. Hmm. Okay. I think so. It's close, though. Yeah. Like, yeah, I hate the fucking Eagles, man. I've had a hell of a night, and I hate the fucking Eagles. That's, that's Hi, Kim. Good. Hi, Tony. Are you fucking two in the Eagles together? <laughs> what? Um, that was our top ten. That's our top ten. That was a fun one. That was insane. That was fun. I have to go home and listen to the other 48 Zeppelin songs to make them feel appreciated. Oh, uh, we're, we're listening to a couple Zeppelin songs before mm-hmm. you leave tonight. Yeah. I don't know if you think you're getting out the door before Ooh. we do that. but All right. Okay. Well, um, uh, yeah, this has been fun. I guess we'll see you uh, next week when when February arrives. Oh, well, we'll have quite. we'll have an episode next yeah. week. Yeah, and then I think it's worth noting. Uh, we'll see what happens after that, as the province moves into somewhat reopening. Uh, our work schedules will get more complicated. Um, and as much as we've blamed your placement, I think it's quite fair for me to note that. Uh, if things go as planned, I plan to be at the hockey rink uh, every single night, which I'm not working until April. So it will be difficult for me to make some time work, but I'm sure we will find some time to do some episodes here and there. Um, but we will have something next week, and then we'll, we'll see what happens after yeah, that. Yeah, we're know? easy breezy. Yeah.
Yeah. Easy breezy. Yeah. That's why they call us the cover girls. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye.